tap out to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record Everybody's got their fucking browsers open on full blast. That's how we do it. <laughs> wow. I'm not, I'm not drinking yet. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not drinking this whole month. Uh, you haven't had a drink yet, so we can't blame alcohol. Yeah, not yet. Alright, so, welcome to the Out of Done Show. We have a special show. Yeah. I know I say this every fucking week, but this is special. Because we have Ed on the line in, in about a half an hour. We're going to talk about his new book, we're going to talk about his old books, we're going to talk about weird stuff. We're going to try, I'm going to try to get him on the weird side. I don't really just want to talk about his book the whole time. <laughs> Who knows? You never know what sure. I wish he was in the studio because the man loves to smoke weed. That's it's always fun. So I'm a little bummed. I thought he was going to be in the studio. That's kind of why I brought the book. I, was like, I know. <laughs> a lot of people thought he was going to be in the studio. But we'll get him on the line. And when he's in town, we'll get him in the show. And that's not a problem. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's been... Uh, He's been, in this, he's been in the game longer than I was anybody, that's for sure. And uh, as much as, but you know, part of that, of being a major f- figure in the industry, is you're going to have your haters, and you're going to have your people who are going to be, and of course, being an author, it's a weird thing, too, because what people don't realize about authors is they're vicious, bro. <laughs> they're <laughs> like vicious, because they put so much work into their stuff that they don't want, you know, too many people on their mound. So sure. there's a lot of King of the Hill mentality going going on and living in Amsterdam I got to meet all these guys uh, obviously coming over there to you know check out what we were doing so you know there was one moment in time where I had Ed uh, Rob Clark and Mel Frank all in the same room where they all hated each other and they were all I, I invited them all to come take pictures of my safe was, yeah come on over I told everybody at the same time 7 o'clock come on over 7 o'clock come on over 7 o'clock come on over they all walked in and like oh not him <laughs> So they all went into their, I gave them each like a plant to go with, and they all went to their own corner of the room. It was really weird. It was like one of those weird moments in time where I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah, I was like a 22-year-old kid. Like, oh, I think I fucked up. You know, right, yeah. uh, I told these guys to come. We should maybe separate. Keep them separated. That's right. You learn these things as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really cool show uh, last week, wasn't it? I thought so. I thought so. Wow. It was, like, <laughs> it was a crazy one for sure. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it again. Went straight to the end. I wanted to see how bad. I mean, I'm so glad I wasn't drinking because I would have got even. Because now I know it wasn't me. You were the ring ringmaster. Yeah, it wasn't me. I was definitely not. I mean, but it was fun to watch, and it was definitely. I mean, I don't know if it's fun for other people to watch because, of course, it's like a big mayhem. I don't know. What is the chat game thing? What does Tony Baloney think? I think that's what I want. They're getting a little mad at the music over trying to get some of the information at at one point. I think, but I bet. Well, you know, you have Willie. When you get Willie in the room, everybody, you got to understand. I have no, I have no control. That guy is literally. Oh, so we got. So yeah. We still have distortion and sounds a little reverby. Are you on that? Are you on that? 
Can't do anything about it. Here, I'm going to listen to it. What can I do about that? Uh, all right, well, we'll see. Uh, um, everything's leveling out here. It's kind of like right, we'll, we'll work on it. Let's pull this down. Okay, spring comes Jack. We're working on it. Working. That's not a better well, deal. Still a little, well, still a little reverby, though. I don't know what that is. It's weird. It's weird. Um, um, but yeah, cool, but yeah, cool show. show mostly, about mostly about the information before Willie. Before Willie of course, Willie makes it fun, but the guys from the Dragonfly Earthquakes and had some great, great info. Great info. I was really impressed with that. And it was also inspiring considering we have just been, Joel and I have just been talking about all this closed loop organic growing and to hear somebody who's actually doing it. I was very inspired. I wish I could tell them that personally. Here it is. Here it is. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds a little better. Sounds better. Sounds better. Yeah. Got that spring. Got that spring hill. Sounds a little shit. Sounds like shit. There is a, there is like a loop, though. One day. We always need like half an hour just to sounds. Are we on Chrome? No. No. Einstein's, Einstein's definition, definition of insanity, brother. So, open this. I'll just let these guys see. I always feel like they're being reverbed. I'll let. I'll let. We'll pull the levels down a little bit. I'll have Mr. Bojangles be Here's the thing. This might make sense to everybody. We're currently using four microphones, okay? There's no audio engineers. There's no gates on any of those microphones. If there was, they would only open and allow the signal to come through whenever you have a certain amplitude. Until we get it set up, right now all four of the mics are picking up everything. Just yeah, yeah, actually. We can, we can mute them right here. That's what I was thinking. Or just yeah, it's a, it's like looping. Oh my God, not a looping. There's one. There's one. There's one. Where do you hear? Where do you hear? Oh, we can do that. Too. Huh? We can do it. We can do it that way, or we can do it from up here. Well, that's, that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee right there. Yeah, that's a guarantee. That is a guarantee. Close down all the browser windows real quick, dude. Just because I don't know where. Oh wait, wait, there might be some. The loop is in the open browser window for the Okay, we're gonna find it. We're gonna <laughs> find it. You need to get you down here in the studio. It's amazing how Glowstone's doing it. No, we could just do the ads right now. And as I'm doing the ads, you can test them out. Hey, that's a great idea. We need to get that over with before we get. Let's go. Let's start with big guns. Big guns. Big guns. C two now. Yeah, the website's back on. Website's look at that. THC jumped up right up. Right up there. Um, um, our boys over to uh, uh, yeah, definitely premier people for if you want American genetics. What's going on? Looping? Crazy? crazy? Yeah. What is going on? Yo. Okay, we have, okay, sound, we have is sound is bad. Everybody's saying sound is bad. Come on, guys. What can you that, that's, that's all those, that's four microphones picking up the same. No. But there's well, it's, it's we're hearing it's happening at different times though, so it's, we're hearing. It's not that. Mm. Uh, I wish you guys could figure it out one day. That'd be really nice. <laughs> well, we're not doing anything any different than we did last uh, show. Uh, well, we're working, we're working on the Swiss. We're working on it. Um. Oh, 
So, uh, I guess the only way to know if it's working is for me to keep on talking. <laughs> but I hate, I hate talking when I know it sounds like shit. Because I'm like, great, now I'm, here I am re- reverbing. Sounded like crap. Um, Skype on, I just turned it down. So, one sec. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about last okay, the gone. episode yeah, where uh, gone, so we had good. Uh, Cheesecake Lady on also, and with her great news about the uh, plant count here in Colorado and the fact that trying to like railroad the Constitution. I just think everybody needs to not worry too much because first it has to go to the House of Representatives, which is definitely not going to, well, I wouldn't say it's not going to because you never know if they can push anything through their own agenda, but there's a good chance it's not going to make it because it is completely, uh, it's not a sound, it's not a sound uh, law by any means. So, and also the whole plant count issue is, you know, such a touchy situation. I've seen it now in uh, NorCal where they're talking 25 plants and they haven't handed anybody any uh, actual tags yet. So those people are in the same sort of jeopardy as we are here, where we're kind of in, you know, we're, about to, we're supposed to be putting our plants out right now. And uh, it's getting better according to people right now. So, so we have no reverb. The only thing is it's a weird reverb, a little bit. Yeah, I mean. Which, don't know, no, the mixer has no reverb button and we have no, there's no special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we have to kind of keep uh, keep our ear to the ground with this whole lower plant count thing, and we'll just have to listen. To, we'll, have, we'll have Jessica back on the show uh, probably even next week just to kind of give us an update since we had to kind of cut her short. And uh, you know, the keys in all these situations is to be as much you know transfer as much information to each other as possible because what happens is a they plan these things very strategically. You know, the middle of the night, and they change the fucking location, and they, they do anything possible to keep us from getting down there to voice our opinion. So I feel like we got to, at least the one good thing was that we, we, did, we did make a serious, uh, you know, impact, but at the same time, didn't change anything in the end because 11 to 2, which is preposterous, um, the other thing too is it's kind of similar to the whole Trump world right now where these people are exposing themselves for who they are so what we can do uh, is work with our pocketbooks and just combination of pocketbooks and ballot slips and vote these people out and not support companies like for instance here in Colorado why would anybody buy Wincoop beer if you know Hickenlooper owns it Right. Like, I wouldn't give that guy a dime of my money. The minute I knew he, he owned that company, I was like, well, that's one beer I won't ever drink. You know what I mean? No matter even if it's the only beer in the house. I just be like, oh, well, right. guess I'm not drinking that. You know, people invite me down there for lunch. I'm like, I can go to that place. You know what I mean? Come on. Right. And the beer's not that good. So no, I, I don't like any of the beers, actually. I don't like any of the Wine ones. So, the, is that the ones with the weird beast-looking things on them? Wine Coop? No, that's a different one. Wine Coop's just uh, look. It's right down on, uh, right by Union Station. 17th and something downtown. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like they have, you know, their own line. But the right piece sucked, and I don't even know. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't into it. Ooh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we no. have a little bit better uh, sound now, and everybody's not, we're not getting too many complaints, right? Not yet. You get a direct? Nothing on here. 
So I'll take one mic in the room instead of direct voices, back voices, voices. Ooh. It's the poltergeist. We'll try. I'll try to stay as close to the mic and try. Hopefully that helps, uh, you know, keeping it zoned properly. There's not really any background noise here to speak of either, so right. <laughs> I mean, luckily we're not in a really loud uh, environment. Uh, so let's go quickly through those ads and friends and sponsors and all the above. Um, we will start with Seeds Here Now, which is your premier location for Seeds and uh, concentrating on uh, American breeders. He's got 35 in the stable right now. Uh, constantly have specials going on. Got to check out the website for that. And also, um, the best customer service of anybody out there. If you have an issue with termination rates and we're going to do the website's popping. And the website's popping. Of course. I mean, he's been working on that. You notice it was under construction. He's been working. Uh, but yeah, their customer service is superior to everybody. Is there sound on that? Because I can hear something popping up. Keep that sound off. Um, and uh, I love it. Do you hear something? I hear something. Where is it coming from? Does that come from here? Oh, that's my stupid. Oh, my God. If one of our devices could actually stay off, or all of them could be strong. Uh, but again, if you, even if you don't like, just don't like it. Like, hey, I thought it was supposed to be all fruity, and it didn't really seem so fruity. He'll replace them. Uh, and uh, you can see, you can catch those guys at almost any trade show. Uh, he, they, they are on, like, literally like the five a month right now. So um, if you get to them directly the trade show, obviously, mention, see, mention that you heard about it on that event show. You might even get a little extra special bonus. I bet. I bet. Because they love to see that it actually works. Um, and our friends from. Let's see, who are we going? Growstone? Let's go to Growstone. Growstone. I don't have any glass. To, I have nothing. Nothing to drink. I got some. You got glass. Okay, good. Okay, good. So you're. Oh, no, those are all cans. Yeah, you're all canned up. See, we're not, we're not helping out. We're, we're really, we have a pile from last week. We are not contributing by any means. But it's okay. We contributed hard last time. Um, Growstone.com, if you want to check them out for uh, your, I think they have five different products. Uh, everything from drainage size, large rocks to uh, really small rocks to the tops for keeping out the nat, your nat mix. Um, but you also have uh, perlite replacement, which is great because it doesn't break down. Lots of uh, cation exchange is really good. Lots of little nooks and crannies in there for water to sort of sit. Um, on top of that, they don't break down, they don't compress. Um, and, uh, you know, completely 100% recycled glass made in America. Just an all-around great product. Check them out, grossnode.com for locations. And if they don't have them at your local shop, tell them to get them in there. You will be disappointed. Um, and our buddies over at Incredibles. I got to hang out with Derek the other day. He's going to come on the show in a few weeks. Um, we're trying to get that 5280 challenge going on with the kid. So if we can get that rolling, he'll come in with some 5280 bars, and we're going to challenge the kid and a few other top fucking edible psychonauts who are ready to basically sleep for a couple days. Uh, but we'll try to get them to eat it for at least a few hours before the show, so there's some, you know, it's not like you guys don't get to see the, the full effects. But uh, he's also going to bring a bunch of new flavors. He had some sick stuff, which was basically... Uh, you know, natural, all natural extracted terpenes and added back into some clear to make it perfect for pens and things. And unbelievable. Just like. And then some kind of giveaway here. And they're giving giveaways on their website. Go to the website, uh, is iloveincredibles.com. Check out what they got going on. They're giving away tickets to 
a couple of pull-out parties here in Denver, 420, which I didn't even know were going Cut on. Cut chemist. Let's go, yeah. Didn't even know. Well, that's interesting. Don't Stefan. So some pretty good big names. And uh, you can also go to the site and find out where they're located. They are in Colorado, Nevada, and California at the moment. And our buddies over at Build the Soil, Jeremy, is uh, it's this big time of year for him right now. I'm sure he's working like a dog, getting ready for everybody's outdoor season uh, and greenhouse stuff. Uh, everything you need for uh, organic growing under one roof, you can pick up any amendment uh, that you can imagine. Also, custom blended soils, um, you know, for your IPM, uh, any. Pretty much everything you need if you're, uh, is, and it's also the great part about it is he'll deliver it pronto and uh, so especially with those smaller items, no big deal. When you get a truck load or two, it might take a little longer, but uh, he, he can handle anything from one bag to 30,000 bags of soil um, and custom blended for your particular situation, which is pretty awesome. Um, you go to buildasoil.com or go to the top page real quick. You can go to eight seven or eight five. I think going to eight five five eight seven seven soil and talk to them direct if you're old school. Um, and let's see, our buddies at New Millennium, uh, New Millennium Nutrients, uh, basically the some of the biggest brains in the industry are behind this, and they have developed a really easy to use formula which is based on the seasons and you, uh, you work through the seasons and then you have your additives that go with it. You've got, I think there's eight, seven products total, but you're only, or eight t- products total, and you're using maximum four at any given moment, so you're not really like just continuously overloading. And it's just all about the timing. What I love about this stuff is they, they really are precise with uh, stimulating the plants at the right time, transitioning them when they need to be. Um, and if you know anything about that, it makes a huge difference if the plants are at the right moment when you transition compared to like trying to force them to do it. Um, and uh, that Decision product, which is one of their own exclusives, is a great, like not many companies have a product like that where you're really in that transition phase. And that really makes a huge difference because that's where you set yourself up for the fucking final yield, right? Um, so they are newmillenniumnutrients.com, I believe, right? That's what we're looking at. Yep. NewMillenniumNutrients.com uh, and check them out. And if you'd listen to our show maybe four shows ago, and hopefully you received your stuff. If you haven't, give us a shout. Um, and if you are interested in this product, I think they're going to be on the show again with the, another couple new things in a few weeks. So we're trying to get them kind of every every six weeks or so to come on and do another giveaway, get you guys some stuff. Um, also. I think we covered it. La- did I miss someone? I don't know. I think there's one more. No? Seats. No. We did seats here. Seats are now. We'll just do seats here now. Okay, now that's cool. That's all we have now. That's because we have on deck so many people coming on board soon. So. Pitch, uh, if <clears throat> Well, we will because we're going to ease into that, obviously. <laughs> we, we, have, we have a whole hour and a half of that. <laughs> we have 10 more, uh, 10 more minutes of jibber-jabbering in between before we have Ed uh, calling in at 3.30 our time, 2.30 his time. Uh, how how we doing on some... Oh, now it just went really weird. Did it? Like, with me, it went, whoa. That was weird. I cracked your mic up a little bit. Did you? Okay. Um, so, uh, what's going on, Mark? Are you hiding over there? 
<laughs> I'm like listening to the show, and so I'm like waiting for like the quality control. I'm waiting for like the delay to like come through so I can hear if the change was good or not. Okay, well, I think, I don't know, it sounds okay to me, but one day we'll have this shit fucking dialed. Like I said, with a board, one, like an outboard and a... One day. Have we got any equipment. information on that board? Is it coming soon or what? Do we, do we talk to him? Should we text him now on the show? We need a board now. Text him during the show. Yo, AAA. You text him and you say, three shows already since he's been here. We've got to deal with bullshit. So he should be here. Like, boom. Yes. <laughs> I want that shit overnight. Um, so you have one of Ed's books, which is pretty cool. Yep, Beyond Books. I have his older books. I don't have his newer books, but I'm glad you do. Uh, so we have one right in front of us. To talk. And this is all the extracts, which is interesting because... Uh, you know, Ed's on point. He knows what's up. He's like, all right, everyone wants to know about extracts. We're getting on the extracts. But as we all know, this shit, I mean, it changes overnight, too. So Absolutely. Like, by the time something's written, you know, you're already looking back. Like, no, oh, people don't do that no more. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Um, did you like actually read it yet? I haven't got to it just yet. I got it, I got it for Christmas, so, you know. I just need a water if you got one for me. Uh, the water's upstairs. Okay. Yeah. I'll go grab it. You go grab that. Um, let me take a look at this. Look at I did look at it once for a second on a trade show. Uh, so, I mean, it's good though because he is on point with uh, breaking down not only just the, how to make it, but also the smoking side of it, which is important. The extract, well, all different kinds of extractors. This is going to be an interesting show. So, uh, it'll be nice to see Ed's perception of this evolution in our industry. Because uh, I always think of Ed as the guy who just loves to smoke joints everywhere he goes, too. But that's true, he smokes all the time anyway, right? Uh, thank you for that. Yes, sir. So, uh, you got some? Do you have any questions in your mind for Ed? Or he's he's blasting a dab pan on the on the front. Yeah, he has a cool oh, picture. Oh, oh, look yeah. at that! Look at that website. Pretty. Is yeah. that on? Are you showing that online, to everybody? Oh yeah, that it, the Ed does dab. He does dab. Well, we we know he does. We know he's he's like. I mean, one yeah, thing I did yeah. notice is all people who have smoked for a long time, it's it's you know, it's just because we love. You know, we all want masses. I mean, that's the same as me. I can't help it either. I'm, even though I have a lot of weed to smoke, I'll still do dabs and I'll smoke weed for testing more and for when I'm in groups and things. But like, if it's in my own preference, I'm gonna sit at home and it's like, kid just went to bed and everybody's there just by myself. I'll be like, all right, do a few dabs. You know, and I feel like it's conserving more in the long run compared to like when I roll when I smoke joints. I just I keep smoking joints. <laughs> you know, right. so it doesn't like, like smoke one, and then you smoke another one, and then because you, you're, you're just sort of scratching the surface there, and all of a sudden you're like. And, and, but what's different though is when you get other people's weed is when you get just ripped for a minute. You know, what I mean? right. if, if you be smoking your own weed, you're kind of used to it. Everyone else in the room's oh, I'm so stoned, oh, whatever. But then yeah. some, but then you get a nice bud from somebody else, right? And you're by yourself, especially when you're by yourself, and you can't tell anybody about it. That's, right. that's, that's the funniest part. Every time I get the most high. Is when I'm by myself and there's nobody to tell, and I don't, not that I even want to tell them, but there's nobody to like experience it with you and be like, yeah, she's right. Then, but then you go back the next day and tell her, you know what I mean? Right. Already fucking built that tolerance in the overnight, you know what I mean? Right. So it is. That happened with the live resin, and I just recently started smoking joints now lately, and it's been 
it's nice. But but my girl doesn't actually doesn't really like to smoke a, a lot of joints. But so I've been ending up with these big splits all to myself, and, <laughs> and I'm smoking like last year's jarred up harvest. So it's really nice. Yeah, so, I how excited. I, I, I it wasn't that. Uh, see, I, I'm weird. I I actually smoke. I like dab all day. So when I get home, I actually smoke flour. That's when I smoke flour and kind of chill out. Nice. Kind of do my thing. I got the phase. So what do you get to smoke? Uh, See, dab all day. I don't know if you get to, but I do. You know, so like, you know. Everyone's watching this. Yeah, yeah. They're probably watching. Your boss is watching too. They probably have it on the TV. He's like, wait a minute. Did he say he dabs all day? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so like, that's just, oh, well, because you can, you know, you can dab and you can go back in and no one smell it. You know, if I smoke joint every break it's like when i was in school i used to get caught every time not every time i get caught a lot like and it was weird too because teachers i had certain teachers that knew that i was smoking weed almost every other day or day or whatever they were and i had one she'd smell my hair when i came into class right i'd be like oh come here adam come here adam and she'd smell my hair i'd be like she's like hey you've been smoking that reefer again that's uh, no not me that's how senior year was for me because i basically i only needed a couple credits so i basically was in the band room all day long so i had like guitar hey i was that guy yeah so like (laughs) but my band teacher knew it was up it was his first year he was like 25 his first teaching gig so he was just just trying to keep us wrangled in enough he's like fine you guys can smoke just trying to oh my woodshop teacher was totally down except he knew he he watched us because every time you know you're making a bowl or you're trying and he'd he'd know but he didn't give a fuck he'd just be like whatever you know right yeah Yeah. woodshop teacher was super cool right my science teacher was super cool because I was baked every time I was in her class. Science. And I, but, I, but I was on point. I never, you know, like, I liked my class. I actually liked her class. And so I was the, like, overly eager kid, but <laughs> super stoned at the same time. Right, like, yeah. Super looking baked at the same time. And she's yeah. just, she's, you know, like, all the time, she'd kind of, like, give me these little hints that she knew I was high even when I was answering the question. I think she wanted some of the devil's lettuce. Probably. She, well, she was that. actually really cool. She was actually, like, was like you know, it's like the, I think I was in fifth grade. So it was, like, you know, literally when Hot for Teacher came out and she was like pretty hot and she drove an RX-7 and rode a, rode a <laughs> oh, motocross yeah. bike and shit on the weekends and I was like, this shit's cool. Wow. <laughs> Mrs. Wolfslagel was her name. Wolfslagel. Wolfslagel. You know special Wolf when you remember the teacher's name. Oh, I remember. Yeah, uh, I remember Mrs. Wolfslagel. I would hate wolf? to see her now. She was really small too. So when I was a kid, she was perfect because she was like not so much bigger than me. Yeah. She's probably like four and a half feet tall or so I don't know like she, she was about five foot probably back then she probably shrank a lot now I'm sure she's in her 70s or 80s or something <laughs> crazy now <laughs> like, oh yeah. Miss Wolfslake we're not looking so hot anymore <laughs> not looking too hot that's funny I would like to see like the girls are on like the hot for teacher video and stuff now you know what I, mean? I don't but, think you would. I don't think you like, would. Like, what they look like now? No, no, I think, like, the chick from the ZZ Top Legs video, she was from Rhode Island. She was, like, a local chick from our town in Rhode Island. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty funny. It was, like, that was, like, only claim to fame. Is that Joe? Is that Mr. Joe? Yeah. Mr. Joe. Interstate. Mr. Joe is in the house. He's crawled in. How you doing? Good. How's everybody? We're good. We're having Ed calling in a minute, so okay. you can jump on a chair if you want. Good, Joe. So I'm back in from Buffalo, just rolling through. Probably doing some sales in town today. Yeah. Yeah. He, knows where, he knows where it's at. Give him take, take, take a break. And good for Adam. Nice. I brought, um, I brought your goodies today. What'd you bring? What'd you bring? 
uh, a little bit of seed starter media oh, a little bit of mending perfect day for it because uh, tomorrow sunday is the full moon i'm going to start some more beans next oh, this sunday so i was actually and i'll be i'll just have to bring those i'll have to bring that down to the farm tonight because it's perfect and a little bit of compost tea some yeah compost tea. let's have some Ooh. yeah correctly crack i thought it was muted sorry so um and actually, uh, okay. I was thinking of you. Huh? You're on my head. You're live. You are live. Um, no, I was thinking because I was going to make some seed bombs this. Uh, oh yeah. This, for this, because now it's like it's on. You know what I mean? Once they, once the state kind of went on us, it's like okay, no problem. We were good. We have a few million seeds around that we can pretty much get into every single planter in Denver and yeah. over grow this entire town. If you don't really like what we're doing, that's cool. That's great. Right. Right. No problem. And so, especially when uh, the soils are warming up so well right now. Oh my God, this year is going to go explode. Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> well, knowing I say that, it'll probably snow tomorrow. Plus, we have a crazy uh, snowpack up to this. You know, oh. we're actually like. Even though nothing happened down here, it got crushed up there, and they're looking at, you know, some pretty high numbers, and we're going to look at some overflow, both California and Colorado. Colorado knows better than California. California got really dumped on to the point where they're like, because they haven't seen water in so long, their systems are about to explode. They're saying, what is this? I read the other day that they are still counting, and they have 800 inches plus of right. snow. California. Yeah, that's what I mean. Cali is crazy right now. They're looking at record levels of uh, snow. So, uh, let's see what time. I think we're going to have him calling in in about one minute. Oh my God. Get ready. Ed, you know Ed Rosenthal, of course, right? You know what? I do know Ed, but I. We don't know personally, maybe, but you've heard of Ed, obviously. I mean, he's one of those. Is he calling in from Alaska? No, he's calling in from Cali. He's a Cali guy. Okay. But Ed's, I, Ed, I know it. I know Ed. Ed's, I, been, Ed's been writing books since the '70s, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he's 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 a figure well known in this cannabis industry. Uh, and he, if he's in town next time, we'll get him in the studio. Then I'll I'll let you. You'd like him. He's a good guy. Good. Except I don't know if you, you wouldn't be able to keep up with him because he smokes like that. <laughs> so actually, I got I got to smoke a joint now because I don't want Ed catching me. Slipping. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, yeah. What are, you, are we not smoking or what? So, um, <laughs> any new products? Is that seed thing new or is that because I don't know what we're seeing that list? No, it's still homegrown. Okay. I, I just uh, came out of traffic and I was getting the clouds out of my head when I said it. I oh, gotcha. Traffic is horrible. But it works for seedlings too, the same thing. Seed clone mix, the homegrown is what it's called. Right. And then you transition to veg and flour with our. Soil alive and add the tea so when they all three touch each other, you have some unbelievable synergy. So, the protein enzymes and all the biology from that wonderful creature, the buffalo, is gonna make you be a happy person. That was after we, after you were here, I was like oh, yeah? listening to NPR one day and they were talking oh. about uh, this guy who has buffalo in. Montana or somewhere, no, I'm not even sure where they were, but they had to fly them into Colorado oh, really? to, to graze for one week. And that was all they got, it's one week, and because they were like, yeah, bring them to the good stuff for a week, you know what I mean? And I was thinking, wow, how different is that compared to well, living in 
Did you hear last week's uh, Science Friday on NPR? No, I was listening, I was listening today. I love how they cross over all the time because it's on the same day as the show, and it's right before the show. Yeah. And I'll be coming to the show, and I'll be like, dude, you're talking about mycorrhizal on the fucking yeah. NPR right now. This is perfect. You well, know, that gets me all pumped up sometimes. Well, guess what? I was so jacked up all this week because uh, last Friday, I caught it on the way to a call. Uh, a gentleman was talking about no-till farming and uh, you know taking care of your land that way and it crossed over into a discussion a lady had input from Montana she said well what you basically want to do is mimic the buffalo and then you're golden so I was thrilled they were talking about mycorrhizal fungi and beneficial bacteria and uh, that organic matter and humus accumulation and you know, oh yeah, I, I did hear it. I did hear it. Did um, you yeah, see that? I heard about that. Was what made yeah. me because I heard yeah, about yeah, the yeah. accumulation of humus, and I was all thinking about you. Yeah, and, and, so I did hear that show. And he was saying that uh, this gentleman was in Kansas. He was a rancher and a farmer, and he was giving some numbers. And and you hear all kinds of numbers that takes 500 years to get a foot of organic matter and humus. Right. Uh, the general knowledge I've heard and, and have seen and documented is 10 years for a quarter inch or an eighth of an inch. So if you don't have that magic organic matter and humus, uh, and what are you doing per year of your spot? What's that? Were you getting about? You said you were getting like. Oh well, that's over two years. Are you two years or three? How, much, how long? Do you know uh, well, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. We go two to four years to make our products, and you get about what quarter inch at that time? Or no, more than that because it's straight manure. Okay. So when you're talking organic matter, it's it's dead plant material, mm -hmm. uh, other byproducts, etc. But when you're going pure manure, it accumulates quicker. And uh, at 8,000 feet, some wonderful things happen. Yeah, no, that's the best part is the whole uh, high altitude, the cleanliness of the whole thing, and then just the simplicity of the oh. of the diet is like huge, you know, because that's, that's the thing about we were had on um, last week we had guys from Dragonfly Earth Medicine on, and they were. Uh, you know, uh, one point, because they were completely organic, closed-loop system, right? And mm -hmm. Joel had mentioned about using waste stream for, you know, finding other things that have uh, weight, but they are so they were just so adamant about not picking anything in because what do they know, how, you know, they, they don't want anything non-organic. I mean, they're like very, very mm -hmm. tight about it, weren't they? They mean like... Yeah. And, which is good because it shows that they have, that's their deal, you know? They, well, they have a conscience. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Though. I mean, if you have your own permaculture farm or a small yeah. farm that that supplies like a farmers market or something, but like it's like I was trying to explain to her, I'm working with the with putting together a plan for like large scale cultivation for an entire state. Oh, that's and, wonderful. And you, when you've got land grant university involvement like down in LSU with um, in Louisiana with LSU and Southern, it's it's a whole different ball game. Cause, you know, because they've already got ties to big agriculture and everything there, so naturally the language that they speak is all about lobbying big agriculture. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get in there and talk their language the best you can, and, and you have to be be willing to compromise. Like, so what do you you can't just let them make it a big, large scale commercial grow and not have any input towards sustainability. You you, you get in there and you and you do what you can when you can. That's oh, exactly. Uh, even if you're short in those elements, you need to still, it's like the gentleman said last week on the NPR show, he was saying no matter what you do, you got to keep piling on the organic matter and humus mindset, because that's the end of the road when it comes to your golden opportunity to sustain itself. Even though we've 
you know, it's out of the box, you can't put it back in, big pharma and synthetic fertilizers, etc. And uh, so I know what you're saying. Just if, if we just all universally are aware of these concepts of self-sustaining and go back to the earth for what Mother Earth gives us, we'll be a much happier planet. Right. You know, and especially with this species, it the genetic scream when you grow organically. Well, yeah, There's you know, no denying it. It's uh, it's also the the way that the like what you'll notice is the, the plant grown organically can be left on the table. The bud can just sit there. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens. You know what I mean. Whereas if it's grown with salts, it seems like you put it on the table, it just dries up and turns to dust. Basically, that's there's, right. There's very little oil content on that plant, and the plants that are organically grown, they just have this different oil content, and they have a self-preservation thing going on, which is awesome because it's just like, you know, it, the thing about cannabis is it has like everything built in. You know, it has a built-in bronchial ex uh, expander so that you'll be able to take more smoke in and it won't hurt you. You know, it has like kind of all these little built-in safety things and part of it is like, like it's funny, my friend was growing a, a, a Zeta Sage that he had just different ones and he had a plant that literally, because all the stems were hollow, he said like you could take that thing, cut the stem, Stick it back into itself, make a bowl out of it, and smoke the plant right out of itself. You know what I mean? Oh, so wow. This thing is the ultimate. You know what I mean? The ultimate plant, like literally, literally uh, uh, grows itself. So you know, it's like kind of like it's, and is it's able to be smoked with itself. So it's like it's like that's it's kinda, it's kind of crazy. It's like and that's why I love it. It's, it's, to me, like uh, a fractal. You know, where the smallest bud. Is exactly like the biggest bud, and that's when everything is growing properly and equal. You know, when there's if you get like a real irregular plant, so like something about it's not right, you're like, wow, that's not good. Like you want the the fractal plant, you know, like, if you don't understand what I mean. Well, that's interesting because I had a discussion with a grower this week, and uh, he's been growing synthetic, and he's transitioning to organic, and he was good using job. some of our products. And I was explaining to him that if you continue to use a synthetic and you're trying to grow organic, you're compromising the whole biology that's needed for that species to thrive. And uh, he goes, yeah, guess what? Everything plateaued when I was continually did the same thing half and half. So there's a place for it in hydroponics, etc. But well, all I'm saying is it seems to be the proof uh, the proof's in the pudding that when you go organic, you absolutely uh, speak volumes of the genetics in the species, and it'll answer to you happily. So. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's the, thing, the whole thing about uh, getting people off the idea that they have to grow completely, you know, they, they can't grow organically, is just the fact that there's like a jump off zone, you know what I mean? You get used oh, to yeah. And then and in that transition phase, there's there's possibly, you know, there it is like so many times I've seen where you, you switch up your soil, and everything goes south for a week because you're just, mm -hmm. it's not exactly what you're used to and you plant what you're planting, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, what the hell's going on? You're transitioning, yeah. And and it can be and that's and that's the scary part. Like even when people who grow organically for years, you know, they get stuck in their ways, they have their own thing, and all of a sudden the supplier supplies something different. Like that happened a lot, especially when people are successful because 
-hmm. they're sourcing, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what's cool about your products is you don't source. No, you are the source. You know what I mean? it's, so. it's one source in one location, and that's the only place we do this. And that's where I think a lot of people, you know, that's why a lot of people end up going back to Rockwool and going back to like uh, Sunshine and simple stuff because they know it's sterile, simple, whatever. But when you start it sterile, it's very hard to like you know you're now you're in charge of inoculating everything to the right at the right levels mm -hmm. and that's where it can go wrong too because some people don't understand oh that's right and then people and, are involved exactly exactly <laughs> if something can go wrong with that and, and that's the balancing act it's all a balancing act when you're having inputs can, can yeah. I jump in on some yeah, sure. technical technical stuff with, with concerning buffalo go right ahead I, 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 I can burn, answer well I'm sure you can I, it's just burning in my mind because um, as an organic farmer and, and a composter I know different types of manures have different characteristics because of the digestive system of the animal bingo like, for instance um, um, horse uh, manure comes out very we call it hot manure oh, if you want to really activate a compost pile and really get it cooking you know go, go find hot manure from horses but um, sheep manure is, is, is a little bit more stable but cow manure it's all different they're just different biology could you talk about the biology and the digestive system of the buffalo well uh, yes I can to a point uh, I'm not a microbiologist for education but I've been around enough, I could pick it up. The buffalo, uh, my understanding and my evidence in watching it do its thing, literally they could eat bark off a tree and make fertilizer out of it. That's how good their stomachs are when it comes to breaking down everything. That's why... Cellulose, right? Oh yeah, well, they could. their stomachs are unique from horse, cow, goat, sheep, you know, on and on and on. For 3,000 years, as I mentioned before, guess what they've been doing? Fertilizing North America. And because they could take almost any kind of material and produce something good out of it, if it's plant material, and, and they obviously are herbivore animals where they only eat grass forms and herbs. So that content versus what other animals eat is a big factor. It's like the ultimate, ultimate vegetarian ruminant. diet. Yeah. Well, the ultimate ruminant is like uh, ultimate evolutionary. Ruminant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I've heard. Well, I was told by uh, a good grower out in Northern California who's side business. He's a taxidermist, so he has a microscope in, uh, as well as everything else in his lab. I mean, in his production area, and uh, he said, "Well, you know, they have oxygen-producing bacteria in their stomach." You can see it when you're growing, and uh, things take off, and they have phosphate uh, processing bacteria, etc. And uh, it's a wonderful animal. I we have not spent the money to break down the stomach to find out what is in the stomach of the buffalo per se, but there's hundreds and hundreds and species of bacteria. Yeah, the key is probably the diversity of it. Well, that's exactly right. So. The diversity is wonderful. It's unique animal. Um, it's a blessing we have it. It's just sad that we basically wiped it off the face uh, turn of the century back. What in is the a beefalo? Oh, the beefalo. The thing well, that should not be. That's the experiment that doesn't work. Uh, crossing cattle with buffalo. They were doing that in the '60s and '70s, but it doesn't really work very well. I, I saw one of these horrid creatures one time, and Did I. You? Oh, I laughed for like 30 minutes. I just, for some reason, could not 
quit it's, laughing at this poor thing. <laughs> it's it's been a long time since I've seen one. I think they actually stopped that experiment in at least the eighties. <laughs> at least the eighties, I believe. Well, yeah, that was a uh, that, that, all those kind of hybrids usually don't tend to no. be very well. I mean, look, at, you know, that's why people talk about the difference of the quality when you've got. You mentioned horses and cattle. Well, the cattle's been domesticated by how many hundreds of different types of cattle, you know, limousine to, you know, Herefords to everything else. Well, the buffalo, it that's it. It's the mainline buffalo. That was it. It has primordial been, genetics. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Natural it, evolution. A, a, absolutely. They haven't, you know, luckily they haven't destroyed that animal. Well, of course they can't. I mean, nobody's going to be able to domesticate the buffalo. Even up at the ranch where our buffalo are, Scott just leaves them alone. And I says, "Is that how you manage them?" He says, "You just leave them alone. They'll do. They'll take care of themselves." And unlike cattle, where you got to go out and check them every day and count the herds and everything. So then you actually collect and harvest manure. Or... Oh yeah, we, oh yeah. The the last three weeks before we process, uh, we're we we're in about approximately eighteen acre pens. So they do all their excreting there. Okay. So That's... we take our back loader, several of them, okay. and we have uh, we we <laughs> scrape it up and we start windrowing on the north side. Yes. So we have giant windrows that sit there for two to four years at eight thousand feet, and we turn them and everything else and follow the process of the U.S. Compost Council, and it, it's a wonderful thing. Wow. I'm going to go make a quick call and figure out where the hell Ed is. Oh, yeah. I was wondering about that. I was actually... Where the hell is Ed? I'm going to have to call him because I have to go through like the whole boop, 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 boop. So I'll be back in two seconds. Keep more... Okay. Just talk about damn buffaloes or something. Uh, okay. Sounds good. Or offshoots of buffaloes or bad... Well, the thing about the... When you get into humus... Excuse me. When you get into humus and organic matter, you're talking biology then you can absolutely, oh, the production of this material, and it's a synergistic experience, so to speak, and I consider them, the biology, to be our little army men doing their work for us to pull out the nutrition and the humus matter and the organic matter and the humus. And the humus is the end of the road, so to speak, of the last stage of breaking down organic matter. Mm -hmm. And that's where all your... Bio, uh, nutrition is and the biology combining with that that's attracted to each other synergistically that's what makes everything work so when you have that activity near the root zone that's when everything starts flying off the handle in a good way and uh, the plant just says thank you thank you thank you where have you been all my life and uh, <laughs> it's fallen in love with its uh, soil media absolutely yeah um, uh, chat room. I was asking if these are wild. Are these all wild buffalo? Well, uh, free roaming. Yes, that is the. Thank you. It is. They are free roaming <laughs> buffalo. And they're at peak. Excuse me. At peak herd, we have approximately. Ed shall be calling in any second. Perfect. At peak herd, we have approximately three thousand. I understand. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm sure it's probably about 1,200 or 1,800. But at peak, and that is dictated by the market, is dictated by what time of year it is. I know we just 
Mr. Rosenthal, how are you doing? Hello? We lost him. We lost, we lost him. him. How did you do that? Yeah, I think it's on his end. Oh, to finish my statement, uh, and they yo, are free-range grazing. You yep. calling Ed Rosenthal's Quick Trading and Natural Garden Solutions. If you know your party's extension, <laughs> please enter it now, followed by the pound key. Otherwise, dump press it, dump one. It, just dump it, dump it, dump it, dump it, dump it, dump it. Thank you. We didn't call him. No, we didn't call him. So anyway, call back Ed if you can. <laughs> that was weird. We called him magically in the end. So uh, can you just you got to turn down the headphones a little bit though? That's the only problem because otherwise we're going to be deaf. Vinny, 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 we got, we got Turn this. Turn down the headphones, please. Turn down the headphones. That's a dial tone. There we go. Mr. Rosenthal, how you doing? Hi. Sounds like, you're, sounds like you're educating somebody right there. You hear me? Can you hear us? You hear me? I hear you. You don't hear us? Okay. You hear us? Great. Yes, hello, 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 hello. I can't hear you. Can you get closer to your mic? Uh, I'm waiting to hear if it's the mic or the sound. Where's the sound? You got it? We're, we're there? Hello? It's very, very low. V- very low. Very low. Uh, I'm going to call you right back. Maybe we can get a better light. Okay. What's up with the deal there? It's something with us. He can't, wow. He can't hear me. Oh, maybe is it like five and six or whatever? Uh, I don't see why yeah, it would be on at home. Let me try this five mic real quick. Uh, this is all firing. Let me try a different mic. Let's try again. All right, we'll try that. How about that? That's much better. Yes. Uh, It was just a connectivity issue. It was a different mic. That's the problem. So, uh, how you been doing, my friend? Good. Good. Um, You're not Hispanic, I understand. I can tell. You're not. Why? Why do you? I'm sorry. You didn't take a trip to Spain. How come? No Spanish for you this year. Well, um, take a break. Take a break. <laughs> there's so much happening in the United States. It's true right now. That was my excuse. Yes. Also, I was like, "Well, I really can't leave. There's so much happening right now." So, uh, what? Uh, so you got a new book out? As we've uh, we've heard. Yes, I have a new book out. It's called "This Buds for You," and it's uh, it's legal marijuana. Selecting, Growing, and Enjoying Cannabis. And it's the first post-prohibition book on cannabis. So it sort of has a different feel to it than the other books that were sure. dealing with prohibition. And, uh, it has a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, modern strains, and then, you know, and uh, uh, then in addition to it, it has... Uh, Articles that we think will be of interest to to people regarding uh, all kinds of uh, things, such as uh, we have something uh, we have some material on concentrates and on creating great strains, and uh, the lost art of temple balls. Do you remember temple balls, which were those wonderful wonderful hash balls coming out of Nepal, and it shows how to make them and uh, how to become a breeder. 
Uh oh, you're you're cutting in on my territory now. I don't know. You don't want to tell. Don't tell too many people. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I have your other book, uh, Beyond Buds, in front of me. Also, my friend just brought it in. Uh, so you're you're definitely uh, keeping up with the Joneses now, because obviously you understand extracts are such a big thing in this industry compared to uh, five years ago, six years ago. Yes. Well, we had the first book, which helped to introduce people to the industry, uh, which was called Trash to Stash, and that was showing people that uh, the leaf and, and trim matter were, uh, could be made into valuable products. Mm-hmm. And then um, a couple of years ago, we've come out, we came out with uh, uh, Beyond Buds, and that took people to, to new levels and... Uh, so, and actually, we're working on our third concentrate book, which is going to cover some of the more modern uh, techniques, and that should be out within the next year or so. Cool. Well, since uh, since this is the first time I had you on my show, and uh, I mean, we've known each other for a long time, uh, but maybe, I mean, I think most of our listeners know you too, but there are, you know, there's always new people out there that you want to touch their, uh, to them and stuff. Give us a little background just of how you got into the industry in the first place, because I don't think I've ever talked to you about that. I think we've always just gone straight into what's happening in the here and now. But tell us a little history about Ed as far as, like, what turned you into this, uh, you know, cannabis-loving person like you are and put you on your path. Well, I just had a short-term dalliance with uh, cannabis, youthful dalliance with cannabis and uh I decided as a youthful indiscretion to just stick with it till it's legal. And so I could go back to what my true love was, which was uh, stock brokerage compliance. Wow, that sounds like... Yeah, well, thank God you uh, you stuck with it, because that's uh, a much better career, I believe. And, you know, but, well, well, now that it's becoming legal, I might go back to brokerage compliance. Right, right. You have something to actually... Uh, I still think about underwater basket weaving every now and then. Did you hear it? Well, <laughs> well, um, I did. I was a candle maker. I did earn a living as a candle maker for a number for a few years, and um, then naturally after that, one would go into uh, uh, cannabis. So, yeah. in my high school yearbook. Uh, it did say that I was going to be a uh, plant geneticist and writer. Oh, they had your nails. They had your nails for sure. Um, yeah, so here I am. And here you are, exactly. Uh, my, my high school yearbook, uh, I got most talkative, <laughs> which is <laughs> so here I am on the fucking radio, right, or on the internet. And uh, with under my picture, they you know they allowed you to write whatever you wanted, and somehow I slipped in. The, the best thing about being high is the view, you know, and they had that under my picture, so it's pretty good, and it made sense. I, had, I was a long hair, so it looks like I, I ended up with the career I've had. Um, so, so what year? So, what year was that? How old were you when you when when, when you sort of? Because you know, it's good to get an idea because not many people were doing it back then. Well, I, that wasn't about cannabis, you know. I I was uh, uh, I was into. Uh, Horticulture and botany, uh, 
Yeah, no, not, you know, not, 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 young not, age. not in high school. Yeah. I mean, like when the cannabis part actually took it took took effect. Let's say when when did that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, Nineteen sixty six. Sixty six. Nice. And uh, I mean, because again, like back in sixty six, and that's when I start. I started growing around. Actually, I started growing around uh, sixty five. I think I or sixty five, sixty seven was doing things. Right. I mean, and, and those years were definitely, you know, uh, few people in the know and totally different vibe than now. I mean, what do you feel like, how do you feel this transition between, I mean, we're talking 50 years literally there. Uh, what, what do you think, did you think it was going to take 50 years or did you, you thought this was like a 10-year ten ten deal and you're you're going to see the leg- legality? Well, you know, I actually thought about this uh, recently. And um, I remember being in um, in my Lower East Side uh, East Village apartment and uh, uh, with a group of people and talking about it. And uh, some people said it would take ten years, and some and somebody said, "Well, it might take twenty years." And that person explained, "Well, we're all in our twenties now, and by." In 20 years, we'll have the power to make these changes, right. and that would have been in '87. And terrible year. Uh, <laughs> and both Leary and I thought that it would happen in 2000. I think that it would have happened had Gore become president. Yeah. So, so that would have been would have been on time, and we cer- certainly would have had a much different uh, form of. Uh, of legalization than we have now. Sure. So, sure. So, um, it would have been a much more liberal form, but, uh, with, um, with the, with Bush coming in, that, that ended that mm-hmm. possibility. For sure. And actually, I, I graduated in 87 and I left America in 88, so I was done. I was like, I'm out but, of this fucking place. <laughs> it was a bad time. But, if anybody had ever said in 67 that it would take 50 years and still not have legalization, mm-hmm. n- nobody would have believed it. Right. People would have said, oh, no, no, that's totally crazy. And you think about it, the first legalization initiative, the one in California in uh, 1972, which is why I came out to California to work on that, uh, it said free legal backyard marijuana. And we still don't have that, right? Right. In most states, I mean, it's it's creeping in, and that's the crazy part. Is like, um, you know, r- right now we're because of the federal because the federal government does not recognize it yet, and uh, because we're doing it state by state, and everyone has their own idea of what's going on. Um, you know, it's like like you and I are traveling to all these states. Every time I go to a new state, I don't I have to relearn all their laws and understand what they're talking about and. They don't make sense half the time, or sometimes they do, and you're like, well, why aren't we doing that? And, I mean, do you think it's within grasp of uh, now because of Trump? Do you think we're going to even see legalization in this next four years, or is it going to be another fight for this? What Do you, what, you have any predictions? Well, I think, you know, if you think about this, um, Legalization is the least of our problems right now mm-hmm. because basically we've been ignoring the laws laws for 50 years. There's no reason not to continue ignoring the laws. 
but what I'm worried about is um, human survival. Sure. And um, and there are two wars that the U.S. has. One is especially now where the most important. You would might might think it's with other people, but I don't think it's that. I think we're at war with the environment, and that's a war that we can't win. And that's one. And then the second is uh, the the war buildup. And the reason why I got into marijuana legalization was because I thought that that would help uh, change the mentality of America from being the most warlike country in the world to a more peaceful, to being a more peaceful country. But um, that just uh, hasn't happened. I no. mean, when I say the most warlike country in the world, we have bases in 130 countries, you know, military bases. We spend as much money or more as the next seven nations combined. Russia only spends $55 billion and we spend $650 billion. Yeah. So, so let's talk about who's, who, who's, uh, who's threatening the world. I mean, in this one area, Trump was right. We haven't been so great to the world in terms of war. And what I'd like to... Uh, let me tell you about my policy. Sure. I have this idea that we should start getting out of the 130 countries. And, you know, if our countries aren't in those countries, then it's much less likely that they'll be in battles or be fighting or be killed. So with each country that we get out, we should have a lottery uh, and pair each country's bases with a city in the United States, sort of by lottery. And... Every two, every month, every two, every week to, every month, we should get out of a different country. So it would take us about 10 years to do it. And at the same time that we get out of that other country, we should have a cultural celebration in a city in the United States. And this cultural celebration would be given a lot of money, billions of dollars. So let's say Cincinnati is paired with, let's say, Saudi Arabia. And as we get out of Saudi Arabia, there's a big celebration in Cincinnati that the U.S. government spends perhaps a billion dollars on in terms of uh, stadiums, entertainment, featuring the arts, art education, cultural things, writing plays, performing plays, operas, rock, you know, all kinds of cultural things. And once a month, this would be broadcast under the all over the world, and it would be our cultural offensive instead of military offensive. Right, right. We'd win a lot more friends. Yeah, no, I, I, t- I totally agree with you on that one, but uh, this machine that we've developed, this military machine is ridiculous, and it's, uh, it's hungry for, for just... They want cash, and then they want to use it, and then they want more. You know what I mean? It's just like it's an. It's one of the things of me living out in Europe for so long is like you know I kind of never thought I would come back to the states, and you know under Obama and under kind of like the last under the last uh, four years and watching it develop and seeing uh, states sort of becoming you know coming into the fold, I came back what 2012, but 
only being here now for four, you know, for for a short time, for five years, and I'm already like looking out again. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, is this really happening again? Like, is it's it is definitely uh, quite quite terrifying because I have a four year old kid now too. So it's like I'm always now thinking more about obviously him than than myself. But I'm like, fuck. Well, you know, the, um, war in the United, for the United States is a method of both class and uh, 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 b- both class genocide as well as genocide of different peoples, because uh, poor people are much more likely to go into the military. Mm-hmm. So and. Um, and now that the military is both male and female, so what it's doing is taking a whole portion of of uh, of uh, poor people and people of uh, uh, and basically uh, people of color, um, and putting them into the army to be wounded, killed, and basically uh, not to reproduce. And that's part of it. It's a cultural, it's a uh, political genocide. And uh, it's a genocide based on uh, both on class and caste or race. Mm -hmm. In the United States, we don't call it caste, we call it race. But it's no different than the caste system in India, Mm -hmm. where, um, where your station in life is determined to a great extent by... Uh, who you were, uh, what what group you were born in? Sure. And so, so, uh, so, uh, so this, by by promoting war, it's promoting more people, more poor people being killed and wounded, and that's what they want to do. Yeah, that's well, part of the policy. Right, and uh, bringing it back to the let's bring it back to the cannabis world. <laughs> I mean, we've always been person. I mean, as cannabis users and consumers and growers. And, you know, selling weed or doing whatever we've been doing over the last, you know, 75 years of prohibition, um, you know, we've always been considered second-class citizens and, you know, kind of just got used to it after a while almost. It was like, okay, well, you know, but what happened was in the last few years I noticed is, you know, we were having like victory after victory after victory. And it felt like the wave was going forward, you know, really going to cross the country and, and make it happen. And it's just like... Obviously now with sessions and with all this fucking bullshit that we're hearing, like everybody's scared. But do you do you really think that this entire cannabis machine could be stopped in the by the feds, or do you think? I mean, I, I don't personally, but I don't, what do you think? Uh, well, the, you know, well, without putting us in internment camps, and they uh, they outlawed premarital sex, you know. Uh, at, at the uh, conference of Ni- Nicene in 317 AD, and do you know how the, how well that worked? Right, right. Yeah, there was no premarital sex for the last you know uh, 1800 years or so, right? Yeah, that never happened. Yeah, right. And you know, and you know how well prohibition, prohibition worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, has been working. I mean, like. In 1937, when when prohibition started, there were estimated to be 50,000 marijuana users, right. and now there are perhaps 50 million marijuana users. I mean, if you look at at that 
the rate of increase in marijuana users at some point around 2035, 2135, um, uh, rather uh, 2035, we're going to have actually more marijuana users in the United States So that there will actually be more marijuana users in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they're feeding hemp to the canaries, and they're singing. Yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been loving it forever. I mean, that's the thing with... They're singing now, you know? So, well, given the choice... So I think that we will... I think that it's going to increase, and actually, um, you know, at some point, the only water that people will be allowed to drink will be CBD water. Brondo. That'll be our own Brondo, yeah. Brondo actually, right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, we just turn on the tap and you have three three faucets. Hot water, cold water, CBD water. I like it. I mean, so I'm, made. I'm, down. I'm, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> so, um, you know, Let's go back to let's let's get off the cannabis subject. Well, still cannabis, but let's talk about hemp a little bit. Um, I know that I know that you know you're you haven't really written any hemp books, have you? You've pretty much stuck to care to hemp today. Oh, okay. I wrote hemp today uh, a number of years ago. I would call that book now hemp yesterday, but uh, at the time it was hemp today. Oh, cool. Wait, what year was that? Uh, gee. Uh, Ninety-six, um, I don't know. The book's pretty old. So. <laughs> okay, all right. Wow. Well, that's good. It's I mean, so old, I can't find it on your website. How many books have you written? Oh, but wow. Well. Uh, which question do you want answered? What, what, well, just how many, two there? That was just one. How many books have you written in total? Like, because I know you have. I don't know. I don't know. You don't even know. Maybe twenty or fifteen or twenty or something. No, because I because I'm looking on your I'm looking on the list right now and I'm like I don't even I've never seen that one I've never seen that. I, one. But this one's interesting though, right? So, but, um, <laughs> and and you have your own press. You have you've been doing uh, Red Eye Press for twenty five years now. Or no, Red Eye is uh, Mel Frank. Oh, sorry, Red Eye. And that that's defunct. Oh, defunct. Okay, sorry, sorry about that. That <laughs> that's his. Uh, no, mine is called Quick American oh, yeah, Publishing. Oh, that's right. You're a quick American. Exactly. How long? And then that that started about ninety uh, five to something like that, or that started in uh, uh, in the '80s. Oh, really? It's so long. Okay, great. So you've been killing it. Um, what's uh, so? What's on the agenda now? You've uh, you, you're uh, you're going to move on to other mediums. You're sticking with you're sticking with uh, books to to the end or what or are you going to you going to maybe jump into any kind of social media stuff or well you know I, I I I I'm doing a lot of science research and I developed one product called um um uh see so I have zero tolerance which sure. is a, a pesticide 
Yeah. And also fungicide. Oh, well. Um, and then I have uh, Stardust, which is instant THC. It dissolves instantly in water. And I'm developing lighting products and also um, other products for plant growth. Great. So right. what, kind of, what kind of lighting are you working on right now? Are you doing uh, anything? Are you it's, it's regulatory r regulatory lighting. Uh -huh. So it's not about photosynthesis. It's gotcha. about regulating how the plant's chemistry. Ah. And so I'm doing... Different research, some that. different wavelengths that are, and then um, and then you know I'm back to uh, doing my true love, which is uh, which actually is uh, stock uh, stock brokerage compliance, and um, well, who wouldn't want to do with that? Who would not want to with that? Who would not want to do that? Right? <laughs> Excuse me. I said, who would not want to do stock market compliance? Come on now, stock brokerage. Oh, yeah. Stock brokerage. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Hey Ed, I see, I see a lot of books about psilocybin um, on on your website. Could you uh, talk a little bit about only that? two, only two, two uh, two really good ones. Yeah, psilocybin, Ma magic mushroom growers guide, and there's another book on on psilocybin production. But I didn't write those. You no. know, we, we published many different authors. So sure, sure, that's part of it. Program and uh, the book that we our uh, cultivation books on psilocybin are uh, recognizes excellent books on that. So my friend, so I was in uh, Seattle recently, and we were out uh, hanging out with a group of people, and uh, one of my friends was telling me that he's hanging out with uh, D Gold, the guy who wrote the book back in the day. The alchemy uh, was it an alchemy book or yeah, yeah, cannabis alchemy. Yeah. Uh, were you friends? Cannabis Alchemy. Were you friends with that guy back in the day, or? Well, he was my publisher, Dave Gold. Okay, I thought I thought, yeah. I thought you guys were linked up at yeah. that point. I'm trying yeah, to get, uh, trying but to... I haven't seen him for many years. Yeah, uh, he's uh, apparently been hanging out. Uh, they just <laughs> what's really funny is they have uh, the ISO two is being relaunched. Actually, it's a uh, it's a new version. They have a new version of it. It's pretty interesting looking too. So they're. Uh, so, you remember? So where that? are they located now? Uh, in, I believe he's, in Seattle. Uh, up in I, Washington? I believe in Seattle area, yeah, because he's been working with yeah. them. Um, but, yeah, I saw the latest model of his new uh, new ISO 2. I don't know what he's going to call it now, but <laughs> but it was, uh, it was pretty interesting to see because I had one back in Amsterdam, and, you know, when you took it apart and realized it was a light bulb inside, you're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Is there missing something here? But, you know, it was just the, the design worked, though. It definitely worked. Well, it was, a, it, you know, it that was a good source of heat because it it uh, it um, consistent. It was an efficient uh, source of uh, of uh, tr converting heat to a, uh, electricity to heat and, and for uh, an incandescent bulb. It's ninety. It has a ninety percent efficiency, so there's nothing wrong with that. Well, no flame. And too, you can obviously. vary the heat, and you can vary the heat. Yeah, those are pretty interesting. And, and sure, I think that was actually pretty innovative. Yeah. Rather than having to, it would have been much more expensive to put in, um, you know, like uh, 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 an electrode like you have in toasters. Exactly. No, there's a, 
like I said, I had a machine. It was funny. I was standing in a group with four of us, and out of all four of us, three of us had an ISO back in the day. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, I never met another guy who actually had one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was like one of those things you had it and you didn't tell anybody about it. You just kind of, you know, yeah. made, it, made it work if you well, could. Well, I think, you know, he's a very, uh, Dave is a very innovative guy, and I think that whatever he does, he he uses a lot of imagination to create nice products. Yeah, so I'm trying to get him on the show in the next month or so uh, to talk about that new machine coming out. Um, but you, so you were working on the lighting, you're working on the the pesticide. How's the zero tolerance going? Is I mean, I still see it in my friend's shop, so I'm assuming it's still rocking and rolling, right? Well, we're coming out with new products. Uh, we'll have a new fungicide out for for the by the fall uh, for people to have and. Uh, and now I'm working on other uh, other product, products along that line. And then what uh, the, uh, the other thing that I'm working on is uh, CO2 delivery to plants. Uh, bottled, bottled, or or with uh, like a CO2 generators, or what, what style are you working with? It, uh, well, those things that doesn't matter. The, the, the means of getting the CO2 doesn't matter, but uh, it, it's delivering it to the plants. That gives me grief. Possible. That subject gives me grief. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I've, I've got a, a, a couple of different rooms in different stages. I'm, I'm flowering in a big room in tents, and they're in different stages, and I have an autopilot that I'm generating CO2 with. But like, how do I actually get it to the canopy of individual plants without actually having to have a bottle for each tent and a regulator and all that? So I have one generator, three tents, different stages. Well, you need more. You just need more, 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 <laughs> more, 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 more. I can get the whole room up to like fifteen part, fifteen hundred parts per million, and just open all the tents up, though. That's probably your best bet. <laughs> That's your best bet. Well, are all the tents in at the same? Are they all in the same stage? No, and that's the that's the, that's the thing. They're all they're in different stages, um, and that's yeah, that's the thing. Well, well here's what I would do: I would just spend the money. You only need one big tank, but you need different regulators for each room. And I would put a regulator in each room. That's what I. That's what I'm thinking about going to. Actually, that's but and, and it's a financial not, if you're using, And I would get rid of your generator, and I would use a tank. Because, because it, in a small in tent areas, the system yeah. that you you're, that you're describing, I think it would that um, the problem of heat and uh, moisture generation by um, by uh, burning uh, propane might be a problem. So I it would does. It, he, the it, it's the so heat, heat is an have issue. Environmental problems like that, and wow. also you you'll be using less CO two because instead of Filling the whole area and not just the tanks with CO2, you can just put it over the canopy. So even though the, the gas costs a little more than, than creating it by burning it, you're using less gas. Yeah, more precise. Right, actually. right. Yeah, it's targeted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what did, have you heard anything about, uh, because this is something that I only recently heard, and I was like, huh, 
never thought about it, but they were somebody was saying that uh, in the bottled gas there was an inert materials that were getting into the cannabis that were getting on coming up on tests, and they were finding some. And I don't know exactly what they were talking about, but it was kind of like how they put the how they have the same stuff in in uh, butane t- to keep it flowing and to keep it moving in the tank or whatever. Have you ever heard of anything like that? From uh, like heavy, like heavy metal, literally like like heavy metals. Let me ask you something about that. Mm -hmm. So, what else do they use those CO two tanks for? Uh, Scuba diving. I don't know. How about no? How about making soda water? Uh huh. Oh yeah, CO two for bars and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so. Telling more about this inert substance that they put in, is it killing those people who are uh, drinking soda? No, but it was more that they were saying they were getting like weird results on their tests with like high heavy metal heavy metals and stuff, and that they were blaming it on somebody else was blaming it on the CO two. So I was like, well, I don't know. I never... Heavy metals that's a pro- that's a problem of uh, the fertilizer that they're using. You think? Yeah. Yep. Like a lot, like. I doubt that they. I I doubt that they're getting have a heavy metal from uh, some sort of lubricant. I don't know that. The, I don't know that CO two tanks have lubricant in them. Okay. okay? Yeah. I'm not saying that they do. They but would all be gone they, as soon as you empty the tank. Let's say that they do have lubricant. The lubricant would be an RO, which would be a CHO, mm-hmm. not not a heavy metal. Right. Yeah, no, no, I, I thought it was a weird thing too. But I was just, I was like, somebody had told me that recently. I was like, that that's their excuse. That's their, that might be their excuse for using a bad pesticide. Yeah, give it. Well, there's enough of that going on. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some stuff recently with, from people that I know who would, you know, they're just telling me it. They're not. I don't think they're lying to me, but they said that they got a clone. They had basically out of everything tested in their facility, one particular variety came up hot, and it was a clone that they had gotten but had ran four sets of clones off of it, like done clone on clone, clone four times, and still had traces of pesticides that they've never used in the results when they did the concentrate. Not not on the flower. The flower never popped up. But once they made concentrates, all of a sudden they were getting hit with like, yeah, you guys were using I don't, I'm not sure what they were talking about. It was Abbott or what, but it was something that they never used in their facility. And the only thing, that only strain that worked the only strain that came out was one that they had gotten from somebody else, but they, on purpose, took f- four generations of clones before they even ran it in their room, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. I never cheated on my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, maybe... Well, that's time. good, Ed. That's really good. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, no, no, you know what I'm saying. I'm, not, that, I'm just making sure. that as a statement about... Their use of pesticide. Oh yeah, no. I mean, the thing. The thing is, out here. So they they never did it. No, not me. I don't know how it got on there. No, I don't know how. Well, they're talking. Been me. Well, they are talking parts per billions right now too, which is a little bit extreme, you know, because in, in this industry, they don't test for parts per billions in most <laughs> of these things. I think they're bullshit. Oh, okay. that's what I. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't believe it. I, you know, like. Did, did you ever meet a grower who's totally organic, oh, except I use this, and then you look in their closet um, and they have all this inorganic stuff? Sure, sure, of course, that's all we Well, do. Well, you know, I don't know how that 
those heavy metals got into my stuff. I can't. I can't understand it. Right. No. I, you understand where I'm going with that. So course. I don't necessarily just because somebody happens to be supposedly reputable doesn't mean that they're actually uh, following the rules. Sure, but do you think that's possible though to sort of transfer that through through gen- multiple? Gen- well, I want you to think about it. Let, let's just do a thought experiment. So they have a clone, and they grow a whole plant. Mm-hmm. So it's dilute that whatever was in that clone was diluted by the whole plant, mm-hmm. right? They took a clone. Yeah. And then they take a clone, and then that gets diluted by the whole plant. And then they do it four, you know, they do it four times, you said. Mm -hmm. So it's dilution times dilution, you know, divided by dilution, divided by dilution. It would be less than parts per billion. But put back into a concentrate? Would that, that, I mean... Well, no, it would still, it it still goes, you, you think about... How much can be in that clone, right? Mm-hmm. That initial clone, and then the plant grows to a hundred times that clone or more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're dividing it by a hundred, right? And then you're doing that three more times. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think it wouldn't be possible, but that, that, that we were all just sitting there in a circle. Well, I, our heads. you know what? Just look what's hidden inside the guy's closet, and then we'll talk again. Okay, okay, I'll do that for you. I'll definitely do that. You, you, know, you know what? I, I, I just don't believe it, mm-hmm. you know? I hear all these stories. I don't know how these heavy metals got into my stuff. Well, either they were using a fertilizer that had it, they were using a pesticide that had it, or they were using contaminated soil. It's one of the three. It, it just doesn't magically appear. Right, right. Well, I mean, and, and I guess, you know, the thing is now people are coming and taking core samples from, like, ceilings and floors and all different spots and coming in and telling them, like, yeah, your place is contaminated at this point. So, I mean, some of the – I mean, I wouldn't want to go into a building that has had two or three grows because that that that's where you get kind of fucked, you know what I mean? Like, if you're – trying to take over somebody else's place and back when they were just dropping bombs every week you know because that's what they did um and now none of that well it depends what they were dropping you know i i mean like you know uh they have they might look at their soil they probably might not they might not have tested their soil for heavy metals who knows where they got their soil yeah yeah especially you know a lot of composts have heavy metals in them yeah, actually, I got a in, in the studio here. I got a friend of mine, Joe Sutter. He's working with a company called Buffalo, and they do the they use buffalo uh, compost, which uh, yeah, at, and uh, here in Colorado, at over eight thousand feet, so it's like literally, you know, beautiful meadows and uh, yeah. pristine quality. So, you know, we are definitely source material is important, and you don't usually get that quality of, of compost. It's usually it might, you know, parts, a good part of Colorado is downwind of um, some uh, coal, coal-fired plants, so you could get heavy metals, the soil contaminated by heavy metals, depending if you're downwind of it. Yeah, for sure. No, that could be. I mean, it, it, Colorado is a bad, is, is a, a wash with, uh, you know, abandoned mines and uh, all sorts of, Eco problems that you know. Well, well, there's a lot of air inversion also, right? And so with air inversion, if if you have uh, if you have 
some uh, sort of uh, coal plant or something, and you have an air inversion, the air this air gets filled with chemical, and then when it rains, the, the rain cleans the air, and where does it go? It goes onto the ground. Sure, and then into the water, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you feel is the future for cannabis uh, America as far as growing techniques? You think it's going to? I mean, obviously. I feel greenhouse is the way to go for most places, if possible. Um, but do you see the, well, the indoor situation? I mean, because that's the thing is, like, indoor growing is, is, especially when you're talking about, like, taking old buildings and trying to re- retrofit them and stuff, it's usually it's usually a recipe for disaster, in my opinion, for, for a lot of them. Well, I, I don't see it as that. I don't see that, but I just think that, um, you know, the whole theory of... Um, of uh, electric growing of uh, vegetables and crops and stuff, I I don't see that as being able to. Um, I think there's going to be new technology coming in where people, and more urban farms, mm-hmm. so that more of our crops are actually going to be grown in city, and uh, like on rooftops and things. Sure, I appreciate and, that. And in greenhouses like that, but also, I think that there's plenty of room for uh, for cultivation outdoors, and uh, you know certainly there's a lot of hemp being grown in uh, Colorado in um, outdoors, and I think that it's that uh, that both greenhouses and outdoor cultivation will happen, but. The other thing that I think that's going to happen is that yeast is going to, uh, that plants are going to, uh, rather that that a lot of the genes for THC and CBD production and other cannabinoids and terpenes will be placed in yeast. And the reason why yeast are so good as compared with bacteria is because they uh, bacteria don't have a, a nucleus, so that they they can't hold as much genetic information as yeast can. And yeast have a fully developed uh, nuclear system. Huh. Interesting. Nucleus system. Nuclear. Yeah. Don't get nuclear on me now. Nucleus. <laughs> nucleus. Yeah. But it has a nucleus that you know you can put a lot of uh, information in there, hmm. so that they could go through the, all of the steps from. Uh, you know, from precursors through uh, actually producing THC or CBD terpenes. What about what about? Um, and you know, you can do that in about five days with no light. Sure. And just a little bit of sugar. Interesting. What it's about like making beer and then refining it? I had heard back in the day some people experimenting with uh, algae too. Have you heard that? You, you well, it? once again, algae <laughs> does not have the the, the nucleus the nucleus that. Uh, that uh, uh, that uh, yeast has yeast have gotcha. gotcha. Yeast are somewhere between plants and animals. Right, they're closer <laughs> to animals than plants are. Sure. Um, now, what what would you think the quality of that would it would of that THC or CBD molecule would be? I mean, would it just be totally pure? Really? Yes. But pharmaceutical it would be totally targeted. So right. what you know, whatever genes you put in, information in, product out. 
Now, do you now? What do you think about that in in regards to you know entourage effect not being there, not having anything else to support it, just being? It could be. It could, but that, what I'm saying is information yeah. in. Okay, so you could add it. You could add. You could do information whatever. in, product out. Interesting. So whatever, just like w- w- just like with a plant cell, whatever information that you have there for, you know, THC, the cannabinoids, the terpenes, so, so for instance, whatever information, you could transfer all that information into a yeast cell. You so couldn't do that into algae or bacteria. And with the terpenes, would it be just like monoterpenes or would it be uh, the more complicated? Whatever, whatever information, yep. look... <laughs> the gene Anything? provides the, the blueprint, right? Uh, sure. For, okay, so if you transfer that gene to to whatever genes you transfer to the yeast, that's what it will that that's what it will express. How far along is that? Do you believe? Well, I, I don't want to talk about Canada. Uh, uh, I can't say how far along it is with cannabis because some people claim that they're doing it, and right. you know who knows. I know, but That's... but a good portion of any sophisticated um, medications that you take, mm-hmm. a, a lot of them are being produced that way. Sure. Okay. Like Genentech, it... you know anything that Genentech produces, mm-hmm. or uh, or a lot of other. Um, of the new um, companies, that all that stuff is, uh, that's all, you know, uh, genetically engineered. Gotcha. What do you think about, okay, here's a question I get all the time. And, this and is, you know, that, like that means that you're not going to get impurities, too. I mean, there's there's sure. a lot of positive stuff. Like, you know, you were talking about heavy metals or other contaminants, you know, yeah. Yeah. pesticides, other contaminants. Well, you just wouldn't have that with a laboratory-made product. Sure. Um, speaking of laboratory-made, uh, a lot of people uh, are kind of under the impression that tissue culture is really happening all the time, everywhere. And I'm like, listen, guys, I've you know I've seen a bunch of people get close. I haven't really seen anybody be super successful where I feel like I would want my entire library in their tissue culture lab so that they could then you know just go in and grab me whatever I want. Uh, how? Because you've been to so many places, talked to so many people. How far have you seen it get past the point where you just see some like sort of callous no, tissue? No, the big, the big, uh, the big cloning companies—they're all doing tissue culture. For can- yeah, but are they doing it successfully with cannabis in it right now? Because that's—that's that's I mean, what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. the big clone companies—they're all doing tissue culture. Hmm. And I mean, because we don't have big clone companies here in Colorado doing it. And I do know that the largest. Uh, tissue culture lab here in, uh, here as one of the first people to get their license and they had just terrible results that's why I was just wondering if because I know they were doing like 100,000 and they get 5,000 to sort of go there, somewhere there, there, there are proprietary tissue culture mm-hmm. uh, companies that are producing it just for their own selves okay. it's interesting because I had like okay for instance uh, you know people ask me well er, when I'm consulting with them like yeah, we can only take it in tissue culture, and I'm like, well, great. That's not going to really work out with me because I don't have a lab that's actually doing it successfully that I've seen, and I don't really feel like handing material to anybody that I don't know either. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, we're going to have to get to that step when we get there. But um, well, 
But anybody in anybody in like the sort of range of people like ourselves that you know, or is it only these gigantic mega cores that are, you know, huge with huge? Well, you know, there's this company that does a lot of clones in the Bay Area called Dark Heart, and they do tissue culture. Okay, well, that's interesting. I should get them on the show then. How accessible and, is and, it? And that, uh, but uh, but if I were doing tissue culture, I wouldn't talk about it. I mean, like. Most people, well, I would, but most people wouldn't um, want to really talk about it or get into too much detail because a lot of this, the stuff is proprietary. Sure. And even if they're just talking about it generally, other people could pick up material from their general conversation. And, and that would be terrible. And, and pretty that, reticent to talk about it. And that would be terrible if we all actually could do something properly for once. And, and I know at least one person who does earn a living just setting up tissue culture. Good information. Yeah, because like I said, I've I've, uh, I've yet to really see, I've seen people attempting it. I just always see like these sort of like, yeah, we're almost, you know, they get it to that point where you can you, kind of... You know, might not have seen it, but you've smoked it. Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, and because, I mean, for me, the, the... Or used it. You know, you've used plant, whether or not you realize it, whether and whether or not you grew those plants, at some point... You, you either you either inhaled or ingested those plants. No, no. I mean, for me, the lure would be to clean up any viral things I have, or because that's the thing is, you have a, you know, some of my clones are twenty plus years old. So More like, control. I, I feel like, man, these things would love it if they could get scrubbed through. You know, at the at the. Well, that's only one advantage. The other advantage is that you don't need a whole plant. You only need a vial. Right. To yeah. maintain the genetics. Sure, there's a lot, of, the, lot of bonuses. The other thing is that when you want to produce a thousand of them, you can. Right. Or ten thousand. Hmm. Somebody just uh, in the chat room said that Dark uh, Dark Heart's going to have to close down actually because of uh, they just announced yeah. it today uh, in Oakland that uh, you have to live in Oakland to run the cannabis business there, and so he's from. He's not from. He's not from there. Saint so, Leonardo. Saint Leonardo says that. That's pretty crazy, right? He'll move. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Why not, right? Um, yeah. So, politically wise, uh, you think we're we're. Kind I of don't know if that's legal. That, that's that's a restraint of trade that I don't know that the that the city is allowed to put in. They might say that they are, but I I don't know that you can say oh this is you can only have a business in Oakland if you live there. I don't think that that's legal, yeah. and I think that uh, you know that 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 will stay law until it's challenged. Sure, and then. Uh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that going on here. Like here in Colorado, they just restricted. They, they talked about restricting plant counts for patients uh, who have already had, you know, 99. They have a 99 plant count, and now they're only allowed to grow 12 because they live in a house. So they're they're kind of trying to do the same thing here, where we have it written in our constitution. So we have to take it to the next level to the to the house. Well, well, the, the best way to do it is just to ignore these laws and let them start trying to enforce them and see how the people take it when it gets to court because I think <laughs> people are tired of it now. Wow. And they're tired of the cops. And the next thing that you have to do, that we have to do, is get the cops out of it. 
totally out of it and make it civilly, totally civilly regulated so that the cops have nothing to do with it, same as with alcohol. And that's the only way to do it, because during the Trump administration, they're going to try to make a police state. And what's the best way than, you know, like, stop people from having sex or smoking pot? Right. No, I know, and, and, and I, I believe that we're at that point now where people finally aren't so scared about, you know, being a little more defiant. I mean, we've we've all played the game for so many years, and then it's interesting because in Colorado now, everyone got very passive about it, just like just like you know how it is in Holland, where everybody kind of eh, it's it's okay, everything's good, everything's running fine, even though they don't know behind the scenes. There's always people trying to dismantle everything. You know what I mean? Well, well, I say to totally ignore the laws. If you don't like the laws, go out and make some of your own. Do it yourself. Do the same thing as what what's happening for the f- 40 years or 50 years when it was a, totally illegal, mm-hmm. and just ignore it. If you don't like the laws, just fuck them. And uh, that, I mean, You're a rebel, I have a really high attitude about that. He can't um, hear, and he can't. here's the thing. The more, the harder that they make it for people to earn a, li- to earn a living legally from this, mm-hmm. the more that uh, the more that you'll have illicit cultivation, sure. and they're not going to stop it. And the thing is, the other thing is, the harder that they, the, the harder that they make it for people to, you know, just be natural and legal and let the market control it the way. And that's pretty much happened in various parts of California. But the more they try to repress it, the more people that you'll have going outside the system. Sure. The more they tax it, the more people you'll have buying outside the system. So it's no different than it was for the first 50 years. Most people who cultivate ultimately will start dropping out of the system as they make it harder in Colorado, mm-hmm. and it will be all illicit cultivation again. Colorado will lose a lot of its income, you yeah. know, a lot of its tax wow. income from it. Exactly. So go ahead, make it harder. Make it more difficult for people, give people a hard time, and more people will drop out of being in the system and opt for being outside the system. And here's the other thing. For chronic buyers, you know, people who use a lot of it, those people will seek sources outside the system when the difference in price is is 20% or $50. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you can buy it for, if if something is two hundred dollars in the in the uh, in the store, and you can buy it for a hundred sixty dollars in um, from your friend or from a dealer, you're going to go to the dealer. Yeah, and, and probably so the, the quality will be better. Are all going to drop out of the of the of the legal market and go into the illicit market. Sure, I mean and most people more profit for the vendor in the illicit market than in the legal market. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, it's like people are growing weed for nothing almost because the taxes, they're paying taxes at a set rate, and and the price of is going down every day, and sometimes there's like a two or $300 profit out of a pound, you know, and you're like, fuck, that's like <laughs> devastating. Yeah, but, but, if, but if they weren't paying taxes on it and they were selling it for 20% less, they'd make a lot more, right? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. More and more small growers are going to do that. 
And so a larger and larger part of the market is actually going to be supplied by small illicit growers once they readjust. So they're basically promoting and fostering the very thing they're claiming to try and circumvent. Right, right. right. If you want to stop illicit cultivation, then you make it easy to get in, and you don't tax it as much so that people can earn a living from it. Yeah, and that's the sad part about it, too, is like it's not like people are getting rich on cannabis because as the prices drop, it's, it is turning into like at the point where you're just basically paying your bills and taking care of the little things and getting a little boost out of life, but you're not, you know, by no means is a, anybody getting rich. It's not like it was in the 90s when people were selling $8,000 pounds and crushing it. Yeah, with, yeah but you know what? I, here's the thing. You could have 10 lights, and if you do it efficiently, from those 10 lights, even at $1,500 a pound, you know, you can still uh, gross uh, 30000 40000 a crop mm-hmm. and then have, uh, and, and have four to five crops a year. Sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's still possible, of course, but... People, people, people are getting rich off it. People still are getting rich off it. Make no mistake about it. Even small illicit growers can do it. They just have to be efficient and actually know how to grow rather than just let the stuff grow in spite of themselves. Right, right. Yeah, you got to put energy into it, of course. But but there are a lot of people out there that, um, you know, because they haven't really, because they're trying to maintain their own lifestyle and either take care of family or friends or whatever, and for them, it's like a death nail when, when you know... Well, they, they don't... Listen, nobody said, ever said that farmers have to earn a profit. Yeah. So if you're a bad farmer, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. They, they had 20 years to learn how to grow. If they don't know how to grow efficiently now, you know, they're on their own. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Fuck uh, yeah. I, I feel you. Really? I, know. I mean, nobody <laughs> says you have to make a profit at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're a bad grower, why should you make a profit? They had they had it easy all those years, you know. So they had a chance to learn how to do it. They should have read your book. And you know what? The <laughs> ones who didn't do it never bought my. Who aren't doing it right never bought my book. Yeah, you got. Hey, it. I, I have your like, book. I was right on you. I was right. They on never you. bought Grower's Handbook. You know, I have. You it. buy Grower's Handbook, you can grow some decent dough. So if they're having problem making a profit, I suggest that they instead of investing more money in extra lights that they buy a book for thirty dollars and crack it yeah i don't you know how many people i've known who like uh you they have the book and you're, you're at their house and you're looking at their room and you're like man this looks terrible and then you're like you got a book right fucking there you open it up you know what i mean that's so hard some, some people they'll have it they just don't actually sometimes even yeah. it's what? not like the tooth fairy you can't just put it under your under your pillow and absorb it no no you do actually have to you know, put eyes on it and, and read it. And you have to read it. You know, <laughs> so so I I don't have that much empathy for for uh, farmers who don't really care enough to learn how to do it. Yeah, for sure. No, it is, and it, and it, it part of it. Like you can read all you want too, and you got to also do it. That's also part of the deal too, and, and it's the same. I've had. right. You have to do it. Yeah, you know. Listen, I I will tell you, I'm not the best marijuana grower. You know why? I'm a slacker. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard stories. We're all slackers. I said I've heard some stories. No, no, no. But you know, so but I have somebody. 
because I'd rather be reading the paper or thinking about something, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have somebody else do the work, you know. So yeah, you're, you're okay. So um, you know, so you got so if I had to do it myself, you know, I could do it, but you know, uh, so. Yeah, so, so I'd rather do an experiment or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not for everybody, and not everybody has to earn a living, and not everybody is going to be a great farmer. And um, and and if if their lifestyle is more important than growing great dope, then that's the result. You know, you mentioned that. Oh, and if their lifestyle is taking care of their family rather than taking care of their plants, then that's the result. Yeah, or they got to figure out how to take care of the plants so that the plants take care of their family. You know, that's like, that's that's. It's for well, they, you know what? They have to learn how to grow pot. Maybe they never learned it over all that time. Yeah. Well, a lot of it. I mean, you know. Because I see people who get results, but but it's so inefficient for them to get the results that yeah, they're not earning the living that they used to earn. But all it means is that before they were earning this economic profit based on risk. Exactly, and they don't have that risk anymore. So that economic profit based on that is gone. So now they have to become real farmers or gardeners. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to do that, they should get out of the business and go into brokerage stock compliance or something. Then they'll be competing with you, though. You don't want that. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, but if they, they wouldn't be competing, we'd be working and trading back and forth. Yeah. Well, you might you might have one over on if they can't even grow a plant. You know, you already know. You're up. You're up on them. So, um, yeah. yeah. No, I think. I mean, what I. Think I mean, my, my. You see, on a personal level, my personal satisfaction isn't necessarily growing a gigantic crop, but doing experiments in cannabis, right? And growing, yeah. Rather than, and a lot of my experiments are in thirty-two square feet or less, right? Well, I mean, the reality because is a lot of growers never because get Because you don't necessarily need a big garden for certain experiments, yeah, you don't like if you're doing certain lighting experiments. Right. You know, and that's the thing is, as, so, a, as a gardener, I know that I, I want to get to that point sometimes where I just can do stuff that's not the grind of, the, of, the, of, of trying to keep the crops rolling and get to those experiments, because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling you on that, especially when it comes to breeding. I'm always yeah. like, that's where I get in trouble with my mom, because she's just she's that keep it rolling kind of person and I'm always the well, yeah. what, what if we just try this you know what I mean and she's like no you can't right. you know but you'll never know if you don't try so that's how I feel yeah so you see I have the I, I, I have the privilege of being able to do that and so that uh, I'm not dependent upon a crop you know to, to earn a living so so I can do these experiments and I can uh, take time off think about redesign and do new experiments and so that that is um, that's really what I like doing, and um, then I get the satisfaction of seeing others grow gigantic crops because of the work that I've done. Sure. So with lighting, uh, are you doing any like UV experiments or things that are kind of off the spectrum? So, that so, some, work? but other spectrums as well. Okay. And I uh, have a whole array of um, stuff going. Good. Um, yeah, I and I hope to have a product out within uh, less, several products out within less than a year. Sounds good. And are you uh, are you going on the road anywhere soon, or are you just uh, grinding away? Yeah, um, I'm going to Berlin to to ICBC in Berlin. Nice. 
I go to various uh, various um, uh, uh, both consumer and B two B conventions and stuff. Sure. I, I was just at the uh, Ag Bio Bio Ag. Ag Bio Convention that that isn't about Papa. It's about um, biological plant protection. Right. And before that, in, I was in Hawaii. At, there was a marijuana. I actually there. actually saw some uh, some video. Some people posted from that. Is, was that the second? Yeah. That was the second. I'm more likely to go to places that are really cool to go to. Yeah, I feel you too on that. It's like when you're when you're asked if you want to go to the Idaho cannabis convention you're like oh, i don't know about that <laughs> maybe but hawaii sounds good and uh yeah berlin sounds good yeah you gotta be selective i mean there's literally sometimes some months i'm doing four shows or something and it's it's, it's rough you know what i mean because you know you, you, you really especially when they're in vegas or somewhere where you just don't want to be you're like oh my god this is the last place i want to be on earth right now well i i, I actually like vegas i uh, i think um well, everyone secretly kind of likes it for a minute, but there is that moment where you're just like, you know, when you when you've been there like two or three times back to back, you're just like, oh, this is this is terrible. Well, well, a lot of people when they go to trade shows or you know to these conventions, they everything that they do, like they're after the show, they're in a hotel room with a bunch of other people, some people smoking dope or something or no. like that, and like. They don't take advantage, a lot of times they don't take advantage of the environment that they're, that they're in. Sure. So Vegas has all of these great shows like the Cirque du Soleil shows mm-hmm. and, uh, and other, you know, and other great entertainment. And, um, they got that pyramid. So you could take, and, and excellent restaurants, so you could take advantage of, of those things. Sure. And, um, well, I've learned to pace myself now. Like, I never go out hard on that first night because I know how it is. Because then you're just dragging ass and being lame, and you're you're actually there to do a job. You know what I mean? So, a lot of people kind of go, man. Especially the guys that's their first time in town. You know what I mean? They just go nuts on that first night, and then you get to their booth, and they have no voice, and they're trying to <laughs> trying to sell well, something. And, well, what I try to do is to it, it, like when we when I went to Hawaii was to extend the stay. Um, on either side of the show days, so I had my own time in Hawaii, and I would do the same thing in Vegas or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But I like I like traveling. I'm going to the Berlin to ICBC, that's International Cannabis Business Conference in Berlin, and um, then I think I'll do some uh, tourism in Italy after that. Nice, nice. Um, got a few chat room questions, everybody, because when you were talking about lighting, there. I mean, what do you think about uh, double-ended bulbs now, sort of compared to what we were working before? And I mean, obviously, well, double-ended bulbs. Uh, you know, they've been shown to. Um, uh, they're more powerful. They put out more more light, and you know, better they, better depth. People have gotten excellent results, but I would say that. In the next year or so, you're going to see LED lights. Um, uh, you're going to get start getting better. Or they already have started getting better yields off LEDs and off of, you know, off the best LEDs and off of um, 
with full full uh, spectrum yes like full spectrum bulbs and stuff not the colored crap yeah yeah I mean, well there, there are a number of theories about led lights and um thing about about lighting in general i'm not saying that there hasn't been an extraordinary amount of lighting research being done especially in the last 10 years but um a lot of the plant experiments that were done prior to LED labs where you could get specific spectrums mm -hmm. that it, it 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 isn't necessarily totally correct or totally spot on and so by being able to actually manipulate the light spectrum really easily mm -hmm. um you get a different set of results yeah, but don't you feel like i mean you can do the experiments easier yeah that's that's the thing is you're you are in an experimental phase at that point and i always feel like when yeah. there's i always feel like when you have a light that you can adjust every single color spectrum yeah. you're, you're kind of asking for just terrible results because all i i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i'm just sliding things here and there and think i know what i'm doing yeah but 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 that's that's the that's the idea of experimentation, oh, I, and that's I, I the agree. idea of you know a lot of uh, a lot of growers feel that after they've grown for two or three years that they know everything about it, and they really don't have to look at new advances or you know look at other people's work or anything that they know everything. I, I experience that a lot, and I especially experience it. I called in, I'm called in more to salvage operations that have gone uh, awry, that have, you know, just aren't uh, producing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is uh, based on master gardeners who know so much that they don't have to do any research. Exactly. Um well, one of the things I'm thinking, though, is and also it holds back it holds back the production because they're using old techniques. Sure. Well, one of the things that LEDs though is for me, it's it really comes down to like how much is like grams per watt, pretty much. Like, okay, so if I'm going to get uh, a 315 watt ceramic metal halide that's going to produce like 400 grams, then it's going to be like a little over one, you know, like 1.3, 1.4 grams per watt. No, no but you, you're forgetting one, you for, that's not exactly cor a correct way of measuring it. Okay, tell me then. Okay, because you haven't put time in. The flower So, so it, it's actually, so if you take your wattage mm -hmm. times the hours that the watts were on, mm -hmm. That's that's your true, um, uh, and then divide uh, your uh, yield by that. Okay. That's your true um, uh, yield. So the reason for that, let's say we have two plants, you know, two two gardens, mm -hmm. and one is growing for sixty days and one is growing for ninety days, right? Sure. And the sixty day one produces, let's say. Uh, an ounce, right? And the 90-day one produces, let's say, an ounce and a quarter. Well, the 60-day one is your better garden, right? Right, because you wasted three more weeks doing for nothing, basically. For another for quarter. Yeah. So it's it's wattage times time. True. Okay, I understand. Divided that. by yield. But if you have but if you have a plant that you yield grown. yield divided by wattage times time. Sure, but if I have a plant that I've grown 50 times over, I know exactly it comes down at 63 days every single time, 
and I grow one. Right. I grow one under an LED, and I grow one under, say, another a regular HID. If the HID produces in that plant in particular, let's say, not if that one produces more per watt, then I don't feel like the LEDs are really doing anything for me because I may be saving power. But if I'm if it turns out that the power equals the wattage, you're 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 actually losing watt. You know you know you understand what I mean. You're actually losing. You, you, well, all you have to do is figure out the total amount of electricity that you use mm-hmm. div- divided by. Uh, divide the yield by the total amount of electricity that you use. And, and have you seen LEDs that produce more like that with that formula than a than a reg, than a double ended or an HID? Yeah, and and you know, uh, um, it and sometimes the LEDs like you know because there's so much uncertainty about how much LED light people you know you need and so on. And right. There's been so much uncertainty. You're often. Often you're not ca- you're not comparing apples to apples, you sure. know, so to speak. Sure. So you have to find out the the amount total amount of power coming down to the. I mean, the growth is to a great extent determined by the total amount of power coming down to the plants that's usable by the plants. Right. So with Ellie, so. It, so, Your space, so, so, uh, so you have to. The, the experiments have to be p- planned with with the degree of sophistication to match <laughs> one against the other. Fuck. Yeah. So, let me give you an example. So, if you say I'm using a thousand watts of uh, a thousand, well, a thousand watts for HPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you say, well, I'll put a thousand watts of LED and see what it's like, or do you put six hundred? I mean, it. No, get, I, I would say it, thousand. It gets, it, the experiments; they really have to be uh, planned in a very sophisticated way to really get results that yeah. that are that that are significant. Well, it also comes down. I'm to not saying it can't be done, but it just takes a bit of sophistication with it. And but it also comes down it's to not, it's not just apples to apples. Like if I had two HPS lamps, I'd just turn on two HPS lamps and see which one does better, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't exactly match it the same way with LEDs. I understand. I understand. Well, I mean, I guess also because of the biggest problem in that part would be that uh, the LEDs would get crushed when it came to the how much did you spend on your room because you could say, well, I spent $10,000 on my room compared to spent $1,000 on, you know, because they do, there is definitely less coverage and I believe, you know, you're going to end up, that that is where we're at. Where it's kind of like a tip. Well, 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 here, well, here's the thing. Well, let's say you spend more on the room but you get it on credit. Well, there's a different world. So then you're dealing with cash flow. Uh-huh. So even though, so I, I mean, it, there again, you know, you get to these, you have to get to these sophisticated formulas to figure out what, what you, which, which is better, which is a better situation for you. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's say you can amortize. Let's say you don't have to pay for the lights right away. And you can amortize them over two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. So pay them off over two or three years. It might pay to buy the more expensive lights. Yeah, if you looked at your energy, if you looked at your energy costs and your output, 
and your and right, right. It might, so, but but that's the problem. But it might be too. But if you have to put the money up front, yeah. it might cost. It might be too expensive for you to do it. Yeah. No. I, well, that's kind of where but, I, when I go into yeah. these facilities, I have the same problem. I have guys who want you know they're all gung ho and they want LEDs, and I'm like, well. Here's what you'd have to spend, and then they don't want to spend it. So, you know, that's why I feel like the tipping point's not quite there yet for commercial applications on large. Well, it all it all depends. If you can if you can get it, if you can buy those LEDs on time, either get a loan to buy them, or you know, or uh, or um, have the LED manufacturer also take take money over time. You know, mm -hmm. take payment over time. Then it might pay to do it because. So let me, let me get this. Let me get this straight. Out of the list of pros and cons between LEDs and um, ceramic metal halides and halides, it, we're talking overhead. So you're saying what I'm getting? So we're talking about cost cost of purchase. Right, but the technology. So the technology. Overhead. So the technology is actually there. It's just the. Uh, yes, it's technology's there. You you can get LED. You know when you think of everything, the electric. If you if you're growing with lights, electricity is just part of your t entire cost, right? So it, maybe if you increase your electricity just a little bit, so the cost of your electricity goes up and your yield goes up, and it changes the entire dynamic of what what it's costing to manufacture a, a gram. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, yeah. and, and so, so you have to figure that in, and also the the the, sufficient, the thing now with these larger gardens and where investment money is coming in, and where uh, you know loans are getting to be available sometimes, then it might not pay for you to buy. A LED lights if you have to pay up front for them, but it might. If you're paying over time. Well, if you also look into, if you take into effect that a LED is going to have a, a lot longer uh, bulb life than, right. than your average. Yeah. So you're going to be switching out bulbs, which are going to cost you more money. You might have to switch out your reflector if you can, if you can with like a Gavita where you can switch out your reflectors every t two cycles or so. How about, how about just a quarter of an ounce difference per light? Yeah, but that's... You yeah. know, or an ounce difference per light, you know, could be that. Uh-huh. Uh, Ed, I, Ed, I got a question for you. This is Joe with Buffalo. Yeah. And uh, I'm, of course, not the level of expertise that you are, but uh, I am a horticulturist and agronomist, etc. With uh, And we're new in the cannabis business, but we're making great strides with our Buffalo product, which is based on organic compost from the buffalo. And I run into this all the time, as I'm, as you just said earlier. Uh, everybody knows everything, and everybody's a genius. But have you seen any research on why the correlation? I, I I've got an answer already, but in your mind, the correlation between forgetting about addressing the quality of their growing media versus the structure of their facility itself. It blows my mind. They forget about the quality of their growing media. They need to be concerned with as much as the best lights available and the building structure, etc. You have any thoughts on that? If I w I know I used to grow fifteen thousand roses 
And the only thing I was concerned about was growing media. I'd buy that first and the lights and the buildings second. So you got any thoughts on anything like that? Because ours is a concentrated organic matter in humus. I don't want to talk about your particular product. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, um, there are five factors in plant growth, and every one of them is is important. And it's like baking a cake. If one of the if if one of the ingredients is lacking, then you have to stop baking. Like if you have enough flour, you have the heat, you have the eggs, the water, but you don't have the sugar, you can't bake the cake. So you need all five factors, and those five factors are light water, nutrients, temperature, and humidity. It, 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 temperature and CO2. And, uh, of course, that applies also to the roots, which also need oxygen. So the main thing that a planting medium does is supplies a good environment for the roots to get both sufficient oxygen and water. And that's the most important thing. And all of the nutrients, whether they come in from like a compost or they come in from the water, like with a with a with a with a uh, uh, water-based nutrient, as long as the plants get those nutrients and uh, have a good root system and a healthy uh, rhizosphere, they're going to do well. Does that answer the question? Uh, sort of. <laughs> I, w- I was looking at the mindsets out there of the world. The which? Uh, the mindsets of the world of the growers is more uh, conducive toward building capital versus growing capital, so to speak. Well, I wouldn't consider, well, you know, this this is part of that thing that if you've grown for three years, you're a master gardener, and you never have to learn anything ever again. Right, that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah, but I understand. Um, yeah, so that's and um, uh, but I think that that is, that's changing because the the uh, traditional you're getting a new uh, group of uh, of uh, farmers who are more. Um, scientific and they actually take their experiences to heart rather than just experiencing them. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's changing. Like um, the uh, marijuana farmer up to now has been more like a traditional farmer. This is the way I do it. I've learned to do it this way. I'm not going to change. And the new, new group of farmers are coming out of ag schools and they have a different attitude towards plants and it's a more dynamic attitude yes agree a hundred percent well i'm sure a lot of kids are now finally like figuring out that there's a future in in their in this industry and it's not just like you know like uh like because we didn't have that choice none of like we were when we were in school none of us were thinking oh, i'm gonna get into the cannabis industry because that's gonna be huge it's like we just you know rolled along and did what we did um but luckily, you know, 
you'd be like, if, I'm, I'm happy I got cured. Hey, I, I did, you, that's not true, and you know that's not true. What's not true? People got into it because they saw it as easy money. You can put up two lights, and you can earn a living, and you don't have to go to work. I'm sure plenty of people thought that too, maybe, but when it was worth right. that much money, but now... And, and that worked for a long time, didn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, how many people... And then, and then people said, okay, so I need ten lights, and I won't go to work. Mm-hmm. So what? So I think that's always been there, and people always saw it as an easy way to make money rather than having to work for the man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's changed. Among, I don't think that's changed among illicit farmers. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, uh, it's it's always going to be, like you said before, you're always going to have the, the you know push those people if they're going to make it harder on us, they're going to thrive. It's the same as like anywhere. Whenever there's a uh, a situation where you don't give a fuck anymore, then the numbers, you know, then you are growing a thousand plants in a, in a warehouse or doing whatever. Cause you don't, you know, you're not going to grow 10 or 20 or 50. You know, you're just going to go for it. Cause it's like, you're over the limit. You're over the limit. Um, there's always going to be those people taking those risks cause there's always a reward when you do that. Um, it's just funny cause a lot of my, a lot of people that I know are in now, you know, this is their, their life, but it's all legal and, they can't even take a bag of weed out of the fucking shop for me. You know what I mean? I'll be like, come on, what are you talking about? I'm like, can't do it. You know what I'm like? You, you know what? What happened? Here's the thing. What happened to my friends? They're not from California. The problem that they have is that they haven't had training in California. Well, Cali's still wild. in California, people won't ever put up with that bullshit. Right. You think that they will, but they won't. And people in in Colorado are scared of their own fucking shadows. Nobody's watching those tapes. Mm-hmm. Nobody's watching them. They don't have the facilities to do it. They don't have the people to do it. The people who are watching don't half the time they're talking to their neighbor. It's all bullshit. <laughs> there you go. Well, I feel and they've just got people so scared. Mm-hmm. They've got people so scared, they're scared of their shadow. And the problem that they have is that they've never seen the ocean. They're all inland people scared of their shadow. They should get coastal and then go back to Colorado. Oh, gee, ocean grow, bro. Go back to the coastal, yeah. Well, I mean... You know what I'm saying? Uh, They have to to get out of their scared Midwestern... So many people from in Colorado or from other parts of the Midwest where they don't understand what America is about. America is about DIY. Don't take shit from the government. Mm-hmm. D- and the government D- isn't even watching. D- They've got everybody D- scared. How S- could they watch F- everybody? D- right, right. Well, I mean... Have they, they busted people? No. No. I mean, the, the, the thing is, I was surprised how... <laughs> how uh, lock in, in lockstep, people got to like just like follow the rules and stuff. I was like, wow, it's crazy. Because I mean, we we let people smoke at my spot, and they're trying to like make a you know a, a whole deal about people smoking anywhere, like just like anywhere. And yeah, well, like just like our buddy up in uh, <laughs> like uh, Mark, uh, Mark and you know, Cody. if you can get a jury trial on it, mm-hmm. just say take me to. Take me to court on it, and let's see. Let's let the jury see whether we can smoke, and you know whether we can smoke, mm-hmm. whether we can take a little bit out. Let's see if you're actually going to get a conviction. You know, if they can do it by regulation, and you can't get your day in court, that's different. 
but if you can get a day in the court, in court, people are just not going to take this shit anymore. Yeah, I would think. I mean, it's, it is to the point where I mean, the thing about Cali is funny is that they've always been uh, just balls out when it comes to fucking cannabis, pretty yeah. much, and and that's always been the case. And I would go back and forth as a kid from Cali to Rhode Island or New York, you know, and everybody was all like, yeah. exactly. I mean, kind of similar back then. They weren't so much scared as they just didn't know, you know. I mean, they're just like. Oh, like never seen but, that, never but, seen that you know, people in Colorado think they're watching all those videos and everything, you know, and they've got everybody so scared. How can they watch all that stuff? Well, it's, I mean... You it, think about it. It's, it's, Look at the number of people that they actually have employed watching. Yeah, yeah well, they definitely haven't uh, been effective in, in a lot of ways, I and mean, that's the thing about... Colorado as a... Uh, and people should just say, fuck you, or we're not doing this anymore. Take us to court. You know, right. we're not doing it. Yeah, but, but hold on but a second. People, hold on a second, Ed. They're so scared because they've got their investment and everything. But hold on and a second. When your investment's you your three-year-old child with cancer, say, it's different. We're going to break these rules. It's yeah. different. Like, hold on a second. Let me, let me offer you a different dynamic. Like, I have a pretty substantial size grow... Um, I have two ninety nine plant counts that I'm dealing with, but I'm growing for my three year old son with cancer. So it's like, yeah, it's easy to say, yes, yeah, fuck you, raise your middle finger up. But whenever you have the possibility of them coming and taking your child and then like forcing chemotherapy and radiation and all this stuff on them, you kind of have a. We're not talking about. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about your special situation. We're talking about other people who don't have that situation who have the liberty to do it. And but what I'm saying, you could have a forty million dollar facility. Do you really think that they're watching? They're watching the, the, those tapes that are all being no, made. They don't have they're the manpower. In the, they, don't have the, they don't have the manpower in the in the budget for that kind they, of shit. They don't. If you, they don't have anything. They all those. All, you know, you sign in, you sign out. You know, and all that, and you know, and. It's all bullshit. It's just bullshit. They just got everybody scared. It's like it's a scene out of nineteen eighty four. Pennsylvania, you know, Harry, uh, with, you know, everybody had like this little device that was both a vi it was both um, like a a a, a, ray, um, a a speaker that was going all the time. You know, either with martial music or pig iron counts or whatever. Right. And then at the same time, it was a video that was watching you all the time. And everybody was scared that they were always watching. But how could they have all those people watching all those videos of everybody? It's just like what we heard in the United States, um, just this past week from the revelations that, that everything's being recorded and everybody, so, so you record everything. How do you watch it all? How do you, well, you know, they, how do you decipher it all? They were uh, setting up artificial You know, even if you have auto stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's it's all doing. bullshit. They're but, not doing it. They were talking about it. on they're, Science they're, Friday, they're though. people scared that they're doing it. The, the whole idea of the content. about your individual oh. situation. But in general, it, it it's, out, it's outrageous how scared people in Colorado are. Just outrageous. Like they've got grown men acting like little babies, grown men and women acting like babies, 
like they're so scared of the front of the state for that. And well, it's the like state said, has nothing. That, like it's a paper tiger, because they don't have the they don't have the manpower to make to operate it. Now you're egging them on. Thanks a lot, Ed. They're gonna now they're gonna come down and say Ed said you guys are scared. See, you're, you're exposing us. No, I, I agree in some sense. I mean, I just think that it's a, uh, you know, we were under the microscope because of being the first state. So it's kind of like the the classic, just like Amsterdam had where we're living there. And it was like every so often there'd be a little bit of a pushback and they'd raid a bunch of shops. And then they would, you know, take the ones near the border away because France was complaining yeah. and Belgium was complaining and all that shit. And so, but, you know, Amsterdam never changed. But those other cities definitely did. Well, I mean, they closed down. Well, I'll tell you what my intent is, and I'll say it right now. They're going to have a law that you can't smoke in public mm-hmm. in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And my intent is to have a big, big smoke in at City Hall, okay. right outside. Of course you would. So You can't smoke? You can't use this stuff outside? Oh, well, we're doing it, so... Come on and arrest us. Right. And what date is this going to? <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, well, in the spring when it's nice and warm. Yeah, yeah, let's not do it when it's crappy out. Let's do it when it's nice and warm. Right. So, but, you know, oh, oh, yeah, we're not allowed to smoke in public? Well, we're all smoking in public. Now what are you going to do? Right. Here. Oh, you're the chief chief of police? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get smoke in your face? I'm sorry. Don't let smoke get in your eyes. Yeah, right. No, for sure. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel the same way here with, uh, like, I'm making seed bombs now for this season. I'm like, all right, they're going to fuck around and say we can't have 12 plants? Then I want to make sure we have, like, hundreds of plants growing around the Capitol, hopefully, in their little flower beds, you know, so. that'll Then just go in and do citizen You know this whole thing about plant count? It's never been tested, but let me tell you this about plant count. It would not stand judicial consideration, and let me explain why. How much does a plant weigh? Like a wet plant or a dry plant, or what do you mean? How much well, you well no, I mean a dry plant. How much does it weigh? Varies. Whatever the fuck you can, whatever it has. <laughs> it could be a gram, and it could be uh, five pounds. So is that a scientific way of measuring how much people should grow? No, of course not. But don't, okay. don't, don't tell them that, though. Just, well, don't, just don't the laws them. have to withstand scientific scrutiny. I understand. So, yeah, let them use that, and then we'll challenge it. It'll be way better. Yeah. So, oh, you have 15 plants, and you're only supposed to grow 12? Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't stand. The, the, the measurement method would not stand. And nobody's tried that in court. I, not that I've seen. I've never seen a court case about that. Yeah, I mean... You'd figure somebody would understand it's like a f- fish in a aquarium, you know what I mean? It's like, how big's your aquarium, how big's your fish kind of deal where you, yeah. you, whatever I, you know, you give me a number, I'll make it work, you know what I mean? And, and when they, yeah. when they but, do- but, you know, like, like the only scientific method for doing it would square be footage. wattage. Or square footage, yeah, you know. To- no, no. Indoors, square foot doesn't count. Wattage counts. It both kind of hurt you. I mean, you, you you could do so much in a room, but you can't go like if you only have a hundred square feet, you can't really do much more than a couple. Yeah, hours. but I'm saying that the hundred square feet isn't that that isn't scientific. 
Mm-hmm. The only thing that's scientific is the amount of power that the plants get. Right. But that would suck even That's worse. the only scientific so way to do it. You just gave them the suckiest. And that has not really been tried in, in by Colorado State. Thank Court. God. We don't want that. That would be terrible. Yeah, you do. No. Yeah, they say six plants. You can only grow six plants? Uh-huh. Right. I'm growing 100 plants. And it's, you know, yeah, no, so I'd, what? I'd rather be stuck with six plants and I'll put 40 lights over six plants and I'll be like, okay, there you go. We're doing now. We're doing. Yeah. Something. Well. Well. Here's what I think. I think that, like, uh, they're not going to really be able. You know, over the long run, they think that over the long run they're going to be able to get control over this industry, and they can only get control if they have good civil regulation. They don't have it. The only state that might have good civil regulation right now is Oregon. Why is and they're that? still having problems. Because it's because it's a smaller, easier to control thing, or well, they're letting more people get into it. Hmm. You see, the more people that you let get into it, the fewer people that will grow illicitly, and there'll be less illicit su- supply. Oh, you mean as far as home growth? Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone else yeah, is getting... not only homegrown but commercial also. Okay. Well, so look, let's say you're a grower now, right? Mm-hmm. In in some state, right? And you're doing it illicitly, right? Mm-hmm. And then they say, "Okay, we're not giving you a license, so you're just going to continue doing it anyway." Sure. Right. So the only way to get you to stop doing it illicitly is to give you a license, right? Yeah, like Rhode Island's giving them out like hotcakes right now, I heard. So Yeah, they were only giving out a few initially, and then they realized yeah. nobody's going to buy that one. So yeah. the thing to do, if you want a good, uh, uh, a good robust um, legal market, you don't make the taxes too high, and you let everybody who wants to be legal, who's zoned right and stuff, hygienic and all that stuff, you know, uh, be in it. And then people don't have as much incentive to go outside to go outside the system. But if you make the taxes too high or mm-hmm. you don't let people go into the system, then you're going to have a big illicit market. Right, right. It's not like people don't know how to, like, forget how to grow all of a sudden. You know, that's the thing. Is when, and, you know, and it's like living in... Oh, oh wait. It was illegal for me to grow for the last twenty years, and now it's still illegal, so I won't grow. Yeah, yeah. Or I have to have. I a, don't think so. Or I have to have a permit, or I have to have this. And yeah, yeah I don't think so. Yeah, no, but a lot of people. A lot of people do want to. I mean, it's a dream for a lot of people to be able to be safe for once, because it is. A, it is a totally well, different vibe. Look, everybody want. Most people want to be legal. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are a lot of advantages for being legal. I'm saying if the state says we're not making you legal, you're still going to continue your actions. Of course. Of course. That's all I was saying. I'm not saying people don't want to be legal. There are so many advantages. Yeah. You can get a credit card. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, say, I mean, and I tell people too, it's like, you know, every house I lived in in Amsterdam, I had to grow going on and. There's not very big, and you don't, you couldn't do much. But you, you know, I had to try everywhere I went because I, I, I moved there for that freedom. You know what I mean? And then Holland, yeah. beca- Holland became tighter than here because 
A, they fucking are, everybody's on top of everybody, so they know what's going on. And the day they want to turn the screws, they just walked around and busted every person they knew, which is, you know, made it extra I'll, hard. I'll tell you what happened in Holland. People were complacent, and they thought that the regulations were enough. Right. And it was only a few people like um, uh, like Ben Dronkers who took took this whole thing seriously. Everybody thought it was there for life, yeah. and nobody thought that they had to get those re- those regulations made into laws. And I blame it to a great extent on the coffee shop owners who had the money to do it, but just had greed, not not public service in mind. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, I, it was very, very stagnant when I was there. I mean, I got there 89, and it was like the same guys. You know, everybody just was like keeping it low-key for the whole time. And only like recently did it get like to the point where people actually put money into their shops because nobody wanted to show that they were making any money. You know what I mean? They were just classic Dutch style where they same plant in the window for fucking look, 10 look. years. Nobody nobody cared about the law except for Ben Dronkers. And because he was practically the only person there who said we have to change the laws, they basically drove him out of the country mm-hmm. to a great extent. I mean, he comes back and everything, but, you know, but the, the idea is that, um, like all those other people who were getting rich off of it, None of them would put money back to make it legal. Right. No, I yeah. I mean, I know. It was, it was, um, there were the seed breeders who didn't do it, mm-hmm. and there was plenty of money um, there. There was the coffee shop owners who didn't do it. There was plenty of money there. And then as they individually got picked off, they said, why me? They didn't know. Mm-hmm. They thought the cops were on their side. I had people who said, you know, if they told the cops to bust us here in Holland, the cops wouldn't do it because they knew from the Nazis and all that. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as the first time the cops were told to do it, they say they'd say to people, oh, we really don't want to do it. We've been given the orders. The second time they said, okay, we're doing it. I mean, and that's exactly what happened there. You know that. Yeah, well, I mean, Ben was busted like 39 times or something over his career over there. It was ridiculous. I, you know, so many times had issues. Uh, and, you know, it became the norm over there, too. Like, every so often, somebody had an issue, get shut down. But, like you said, I mean, Ben definitely was one of those guys who, you know, fought the system the entire time. Uh, you know, the only but reason. There were very few of them. Oh, yeah. No, there were so few in Holland. You know, they all thought that 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 the system was cool and that it was all going to last and that there'd be no changes and that they didn't need laws, they just needed these regulations. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that when um, when these conservatives came in from, uh, from the rural parts of Holland and took over the country, that they did not agree. Yeah. It's like Had right. they made it into law, it would have been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was definitely a flawed system, 100%. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, like, I can think of of all of these people who they have really nice homes, they they maybe moved over to Spain or to, to Asia 
from the money, but with if they had just spent one percent of their income on on legal strategies, you'd have a different situation in Holland today. Right, right. Well, no, I mean, it's uh, it's amazing how it all just trans, you know, flipped over where America became finally aware of the ability to use this plant. You know, obviously from the from the cash side, everybody got excited, but also from the medicinal side and all that. Just you know, just it's, it's very strange because they were so far ahead. And when I was first there, I thought, "Oh, this is it. This is the spot. Everything's going. This is where it's going to happen." And it never happened. So you know, luckily I got to come here and sort of yeah. see, see America flip, but it, you know, also see it kind of not turn into what anybody thought after yeah. four years because we're four years in over here well, and it's not not what we thought. Well, one of the things about Holland is that um, pot isn't as endemic to Holland as it is to the United States. And what I mean by that is there isn't as much of a smoking community in Holland as there is in the United States. Of course. Yeah, it's like 3%. And, and so a lot of it was, it, it was like, uh, it was like to, uh, tourist trinkets. I mean, you think of cannabis as tourist trinkets, you know, where, you know, you go to some country and you buy trinkets, you know, whether, what, you know, you go to Italy, you buy you buy leather or something like that, you know, or Spain right. or, or whatever. And the trinkets that Holland was producing was, uh, what, was the pot. Mm -hmm. And so they had all these tourists, but they didn't, but, but. Marijuana use among uh, pe Dutch people is not high. No, it never has been. I mean, and and the funny part was is they always it only was it only was in the seventies. Right, it was where, high in the seventies where everybody and smoked weed. Yeah, where everybody was smoking weed. Yeah, uh, and what happened when I was there? I mean, I always was felt like I was getting looked down on because I was in the cannabis industry by all the Dutch yep. people. So they were always like, <laughs> yep. You know, especially because they and, they thought it was really stupid that I like moved there for weed, you know, and I'd be like, Well, there's no fucking place else that I can do that like this and have a shop and you know, be be fucking totally open about it. So it well, was it was good for a moment, you know, it had his it had his place. And I and I do appreciate the fact that, you know, genetics wise before it turned into a big shit show like it is now as far as you know, who knows what's going on with half the stuff, but in the beginning it was like at least they did have a safe haven for cannabis where it developed with Neville and with, you know, kind of the, the, the modern, the modern cannabis ability to have strains that we can kind of identify back to going back to Holland. So when I first got there, I thought it was going to be the fucking Mecca for sure. But knowing now that I was, you know, it was, it was good, but it was just like, you know, very kind of all over the place. You know, hazes were good. And well, as I said, as I said, it never really got endemic in Holland the way it was, you know, how, like, um, the whole, uh, hippie thing in Holland in the 60s and 70s and into the 80s was an anomaly, and, uh, I don't think that the Dutch people are really like that, they're much more of a bourgeois, uh, population, exactly. and that was a rebellion against, um, uh, the parents from the, uh, you know, the kids were, the kids in the 60s, they were children of parents who had suffered from World War II and had had this PTSD, the entire country did, 
And so that that hippie stage in Holland in the 70s and 80s was a reaction to to that PTSD. But Holland has always been a super bourgeois country, mm-hmm. and it remains that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it was all it was all uh, Moroccans and teenage kids who drive like scooters with their helmet on their head, but not quite on their head. You know what I mean? You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, like that was well, a bunch well, of common guys. Well, you know, there, you know, I forget the name of that poet who was there and translator of psychedelic, but there was a whole movement there. But that movement in itself was an anomaly. It was like a, a, the a little trend. Like the provos, that or something? never what the provos? You mean. The provos back in the day? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, well, there were the provos, but uh, I'm talking about the whole lifestyle mm-hmm. that the hippie lifestyle that came into Holland in the 1970s. That wasn't really society going. That was really more of a pendulum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. The reaction to the 50s and sick and early 60s, and then it moved to the left. And now it's settled back into the center, which is the that um, sort sort of center right yeah. bourgeois attitude. Well, it's definitely, and if they get the builders in there, then they're fucked. It's going to be a turn into yeah. like it's going to turn into Trump land. So they're going to be just like yeah. worse than us because it's like so heavy with the Moroccan situation there too. Because it's like you know they're a huge percentage of the population. And they're on every street corner dealing drugs anyway, so it's like great. Well, well, that's why people say Amsterdam is in Holland because mm-hmm. when you go out, you know, when you go into the countryside, you just don't see it that much. Yeah, no, 100%. like like yeah. a, a third of a third of the Amsterdam population is Im- is either immigrant or non-Dutch, mm-hmm. and then. But when you go outside of Amsterdam and Rotterdam, you don't see it that much. And the rest of the country uh, resented that. Yeah, it's a lot like how America is, though, where you go, uh, you know, East Coast. Regarding New York, for instance. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, New, yeah. And New, New York. York. Oh, yeah. that is in America. California, New York, both of those places, of course, you know, not even close to voting for Trump, and then the whole middle of the country is like the rest of Holland compared to Amsterdam. Right. I mean, so, very right. similar. I mean, it's yeah. people forget about the fact that they're out there. They're out there, and they're voting stupid. But yeah, it's like, uh, you know, bizarre because we were going in such a good direction, and like I was saying earlier, we had so many, we had so many successes, and we we're just for like one after another, it'd be like, win, we win, we won again. You know, and everyone got a little complacent. Yeah just like you're saying about Amsterdam, and I think that's kind of our problem. It's like we got slapped in the fucking ass the other day, and just like all of a sudden we're like, holy shit, like we can get in trouble again? Like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. People are talking, you know, first round you get a $1,000 fine, second round you get a felony off of it, you know what I mean? You're just like, what? This is like, you know. Well, well, uh, you know, so I think everybody now knows uh, how to fight this stuff pretty hard. Uh, let me just say that, you know, certainly in your life, and, you know, I'm a little older, and in my life, there has never, I mean, uh, I went through Reagan, the Bushes, it was never, um, there was never this feeling that our democracy, that, that our government and our, you know, our, Structure was threatened, mm-hmm. and this is this is different than anything that we've ever been through. 
I mean, we may not have liked the Bushes, but they weren't threatening the very structure of the government. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's weird, too, because, like, now... now So this is much, much different. This is very, very... I mean, like, when people say it's scary, there has never been anything like this in the U.S. in my lifetime. Yeah, no, it's like... uh, Yeah, it's it's crazy, because we never thought we'd like Bush ever i hated i hated the guy and all of a sudden it's like i see him again and i'm like dude that guy's not so bad he's actually yeah. smart like he like he talks and he makes sense and his sentences are like you, so you know he's, have, he's having a big party down in crawford i'm going to the party you know about that no i don't are you, are you making up some bullshit you didn't hear about the party <laughs> no what are you talking about Michelle Obama? yeah he's having a party celebrating that he's not the worst he's no longer the worst <laughs> i bet i bet him and Michelle Obama <laughs> down. They're all buddies now. It's like crazy. I was like, it's it's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. at Bohemian Grove. What? The party? No, the party. It's at Craw- Crawford, Texas. You know mm. where Bush is. Right. Yeah, I'm headed right you now. Know. I'm headed there. I'll tell him you. Yeah, me. yeah. For uh, the yeah, he's yeah. People <laughs> thought I was the worst. Now they'd rather have me. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy to have to just even have like one nice thought about the guy. Now all of a sudden, is weird because like I was like watching him and I was like, "Yeah, you know, he's actually not too stupid." Bring back Bush! <laughs> Bring back Bush! <laughs> <laughs> That's how sad it is. That's how sad we are at this point. So, um, well, I guess you've had you on here forever, so I should probably let you go back to actual work. What are you doing right now? You're just chilling out. Doing nothing, it sounds like, because not one person has come in and thought you've been on for a long time, because you've been on for two hours plus. You get, you get well, you know, uh, it was, it's was. it been enjoyable talking with you, and I think that we've covered things in a deeper way mm-hmm. than, uh, than people often get in from these uh, superficial conversations. That's what we try to do around here, is we try to get beyond those superficials. Um, yeah, and of course we could talk growing all day, and but fucking people yeah. should buy your book. Well, maybe right? we'll do that another time. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, I'd be happy to come on again. And, well, well, uh, well, next time you're here, we'll just get you, you here you, in the studio. You see you how I'm pushing all my products and everything. I know, noticed that you're, you're you're just a pusher. The push, <laughs> we, can't help it. Oh, by the way, folks, I do have some books. Go take a look on Amazon or Google or something, and you'll see some really great books. So. We got it up. We got it, we got <laughs> or it. your website. Yeah, we got your website what? up. We got your website yeah. up. So don't you worry. We yeah, go to my website. Just put my name in and you'll see all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And there's record. one thing that I'd like everybody to try and get to see. Do, if you, Did you know that I have actual... This is really hard to believe, Adam. Tell but me. we found that 30,000 years ago, there were actually some um, some recording some machines that recorded um, uh, events that took place at that time, mm-hmm. and I was able to get access to them. And you can see there one of my ancestors who actually discovered pop. Yeah, good job. Hey, that sounds like some Akashic hey, Records, Ark of the Covenant go, type stuff. Just now. go on YouTube. You think that it's not true? Oh, yeah. Just go on YouTube <laughs> All right, and go in, put my name in, uh-huh. and then yeah. say, and put in Early Harvest. Okay. 
and you will see the, my ancestor, Unkakatekeke. What? Who actually, <laughs> who actually discovered pot and started this is the, the cultural the, the revolution Ruba? in terms of developing art for the very first time. Is this on the 10th planet or what? Or that? What? Is this on 10th planet? Excuse or is this me? Is this from the 10th planet? Just go, on, just go on YouTube, yes, he's going put on in there. my name, and then Early Harvest, and it will come up. You'll see it. I'm trying no, so no. hard. Spell it right properly, man. That's a problem. It you, my, spelling my name, you can do it. He you can, can do, do it. it. He can do Adam, it. I know you can do <laughs> it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But can Joel do it after a six-pack? Joel can't do it. Here it is, early harvest. And then put in early harvest. <laughs> Got it, we're there. We're, we're, we're launching it right now. So. Well. And you will see, you'll see the discovery of cannabis. Okay. This is cool. This is cool. Hard yeah. to believe, but yeah. but we, we found it in an old family archive. Where is it? Is it missing? It's coming back. What's going on? <laughs> oh, okay, there it is. We're live with it right now. We're live, so we're. Five minutes and fifty-five seconds. Perfect timing too. We yeah, got, we got about ten minutes left. And that—that that, I mean, it's hard to believe. You can see, you can see it. You see it there. The original strain hunter. Look at that. Yeah, that's it. That's where. It, that's where it all started. Are those your hashing West Indian feet? You see, people. People are under the impression that uh, Jack and I um, actually discovered cannabis. Uh, for people for the first time in 1958 when uh, we crossed uh, squash and corn plant to get cannabis. Three sisters. But that wasn't true. It was just a fake rumor. I, I had three sisters once when I was 20. I, yeah, so that was, a, that was just a fake rumor. What you're watching now is the real truth about how cannabis was discovered. I, I thought it was found on King Solomon's grave. Oh, way before that. You you see you're watching that video now. We are all watching this video right now. Everybody. Yeah. Is, well, that was thirty thousand years ago. A little before. Oh, that, that was a little bit before King Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pretty good production for that time. Yeah, you wouldn't think that they had videos at that time. But this was all a lost process for many, many years. Dude, uh, how did they have faux leopard print back then, too? That is a trip, because you didn't you didn't have to actually kill a leopard back then. You were, you were like eco-warrior even 30,000 years ago. Good job. That's right. Well, that's his ancestor. That's fucking right. That was his ancestor. Well, that's your, yeah, that's Methuselah Rosenthal. So, there you see it. 100%. And, uh, so, any chance of seeing you in Denver at any classes? Not recently. Troy uh, was supposed to have me, but classes were canceled. So, I don't know what's going on. But I'd be happy to come out to Denver. Uh, I just need the right invitation. So. We'll, uh, we'll make sure if there's something possible out here that, that looks like you're, you're kind of a gig, we'll oh. get you out here for sure. Yeah. So you see that now? Are you in the cave? We're the, we're we are in the cave. the cave. The fire is crackling. Is that your ancestor, the guy right by the cave? It looks kind of like you. 
So you're burning the, the bush, the burning bush in the fire, in the in the before cauldrons actually. What are you saying, Ed? What oh, yeah, yeah, that was the old language that we used to use. I don't think they're ready for that, Ed. Excuse me? I don't think they're ready for that. That's like, well, you see it there. You see it, I mean, you see it for yourself. Oh, yeah, now I see it. I see it, for sure. having visions. Yeah. So, anyway, I'll leave you with that, and uh, let's do it again. It's a good image, and yes. we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely watch it and we'd love to get you back on. It sounds like we need another show, uh, but anytime you get like, with your uh, crazy experiments, you got something you got to do, come on here and talk about it. Uh, love to get you back on. Okay, let's, let's talk next month. Ed never commented on the psilocybin question, so I think we have our answer. There you have it, folks. <laughs> 30,000 years of cannabis evolution. And that is point genesis. You can watch that again and again if you like. <clears throat> Sounds like my... <laughs> no way! Was that Ed Rosenthal's stuff? I thought it was, I thought it was his great... That was Methuselah Rosenthal. Great, his grandfather.